Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude. And Justin. We have returned with Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, wait, it's not The Return anymore. No, it's not called that now. Oh, it's Twin Peaks, uh, what's it called now? In fact, it was never called that. I think it's uh, Twin Peaks, a limited event series. Wait, 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 wait. I clearly distinctly remember watching a series called Twin Peaks The Return. No, anything you remember about that is just the timeline altered. Oh my god, the timeline's altering? Yeah, the timeline's altering. That sounds like a key plot twist in Mark Frost's latest book. (laughs) (laughs) Twin Peaks, the final dossier. Um, The final dossier. There won't be any more dossiers after this one. There's no more dossiers. Tammy's done. Tammy's done with this. (laughs) Tammy has amnesia by the end of this. Tamnesia. Tamnesia. Oh, uh, that's the follow-up. There's no more Dossie Days, but there's Tamnesia starring Tammy Preston. As a headstrong FBI agent. Can't quite remember the past. Was her boss sexually harassing her behind her back? Gordon, did you tell me to think about something? I don't remember. Something about a spiritual and some sort of body part. Is it the spiritual? Sounds like me, Tammy. (laughs) Hey, Tammy, I want you to do a bunch of work and put it in a book, will ya? (laughs) (laughs) Want to investigate some stuff? I should probably be investigating myself. (laughs) I'm not gonna read it though. I don't read books. only one book i need tammy um yeah this whole be? yeah okay so so we're we're riffing or something i don't know what we're doing yeah but, <laughs> yeah i don't know what that is what the but... technical word is but yeah. we are we are technically recording a podcast and this podcast yeah. subject is uh mark frost's new book twin peaks the final dossier yeah um so yeah Closest we're talking about that. Peaks that we We'll probably get for a very long yeah. time. And the thing we were talking about before, if you have, if our listeners haven't heard, is that apparently there was a little uh, story that came out that um, the sort of marketing of Twin Peaks to Return, which is what we called it, you know, us and everyone else in the world, mm-hmm. uh, while it was airing, was just a sort of Showtime thing and not what uh, the creators had actually intended it to be referred to as. Uh, they, you know, so like what's coming out on Blu-ray is now. Uh, what is it? Twin Peaks, a limited edition series? A limited event series. A limited event series. Sorry. Yeah. Limited event. Please. This event won't last forever. <laughs> like limited. other events that last forever. Yeah. Most events, as, as we know, most events <laughs> last forever. <laughs> That's really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be disturbing forever because it's an event. You don't want to go to that event because it's an event, so it's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this isn't like that. This is limited. Limited, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good because I, you know, as much as I enjoyed, you know, many elements of it, um, I wouldn't want it to go on forever. Mm -hmm. I think that would probably get taxing at a certain point. Like this intro. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so you read um, the previous dossier, 
Correct. The, the penultimate dossier. Yes. Yes. I will specify that for this and uh, the final dossier, I actually uh, listened to the audio book version. Okay. Um, the Secret History of Twin Peaks was read by a multifaceted cast. Is that the right word? I don't know. Uh, a larger cast. Um uh, which included some, um, you know, actual cast members from the show. Mm-hmm. You know, they had uh, Kyle McLaughlin was on there, and uh, um, uh, the guy who plays Hawk, uh, Michael Horse, and um, uh, the guy who plays Hank, like even got got on got in there to like narrate this like deathbed like note, like because they mm. they basically he killed off Hank in in Secret History. Um, he got like shivved in prison by some Renault cousin or something. Oh, you said Hank. Oh man, I thought you said Harry, and I was like, wow. Oh that's yeah, interesting. He decided to like come out of retirement for that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Odd Keen. He didn't show up, but uh, yeah, they they brought him in, and uh, and and there's uh, probably some others I'm forgetting, but they also had like um, you know, just like the voice actors playing some of the characters. Like, Gordon Cole has a voice that isn't David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tammy is voiced by someone who isn't uh, Christabel, who played her in the show. And the same woman who did her in Secret History of Twin Peaks is doing all of the narration for um, for the final dossier. Because it's, it's all from her... Like, she's pretty much... Except for the Albert thing at the beginning, the little um, report about Leo's uh, autopsy... Uh, it's all just what Tammy wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As witnessed by Tamara. Exactly. Yeah, so so it's only one voice for um, for the final dossier. But anyway, yeah, that's the uh, format. So I didn't actually read the, uh, the text version. I think it was probably different, especially for Secret History. Um, like, the books are extremely different. You know, I mean, we... we I think... I think at various points when we were doing the podcast, I alluded to the fact that the secret history is, you know, like it, like as the series went on and as the series ended, it was just very questionable what, what was going on with the secret history. Like, Mm -hmm. and the final dossier doesn't really clear that up. There, there are some vague, uh, brief references to things from secret history, but it's, it's sort of like all of those ideas were abandoned, like just as much as they were in the series. And it's sort of like, it, it it seems like he Mark Frost like had this this sort of X Files esque, um, you know, like hi, hi, historical government conspiracy alien book he wanted to write, mm-hmm. and he just kind of, you know, tried to squeeze that into a Twin Peaks story. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it it just doesn't. Whereas this book, you know, I mean, as much as it's. I don't know. It's it's like it's weird in a lot of ways, but it's definitely directly connected to Twin Peaks. You know, every single chapter is directly connected to Twin Peaks. So th- that makes it a completely different experience. A lot of that was like, really, is the new season going to be about like Richard Nixon and like, you know, <laughs> like UFOs and stuff? Like it was just like it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of stuff about the ring. None of that really came into play either. I mean, basically nothing from the book uh, mattered. I mean, there was like, there were a few minor things um, that, that sort of came up, but you know, it's, it's, 
it's weird because it mattered a lot less for the show, but it does seem like um, it was longer. It seems like the more thought was put into it. Like it was, it was all these found documents. You know, that's part of the reason they had multiple voice actors because, like, it wasn't just Tammy's take on things, which she specifically says at the beginning of the final dossier. Like, this isn't going to be like the last one. <laughs> yep. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, give my summary of things, you know, instead of instead of producing the original documents and then making commentary, and that that's what the original is like. So there, there, it just it seems like there was more time spent uh, on secret history, mm-hmm. um, but 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 it was also just way less connected to Twin Peaks, and this this feels more like, you know, I guess I guess the vibe I get from it is a little bit like. Um, the thing at the end of Lost, the, uh, the new man in charge, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's not really the same because like the main difference is that this is kind of filling in gaps in like the, from the old series to the new series. Like that's a lot of what it's doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the case of Lost, there was no old and new series. There was just one series, but it was, but it was like kind of addressing certain like, like holes or certain like, uh, unresolved, uh, plot elements. Yeah. Um, and so that's what this kind of felt like, like kind of clean up from like, well, here's some things that like weren't addressed at all that yep. seemingly needed to be addressed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, you would think. It, yeah, it, it did, it did come across like a laundry list of here's some, okay, yeah. what, what will we say to clean up or a final word about this thing or this idea? And, uh, you know, but the problem is, of course, there's two problems really with, with sort of. I mean, not really a problem, but just what what makes getting that information problematic, I should say, is is a it's from Tammy's perspective, yeah, uh, and problem. it's her interpretation, and b she's losing her mind by the end, right? Uh, so it calls into question everything else. Um, it does, yeah. So it's it's so you go so even if you get an interesting answer about something or a theory about something from her explanation, it's kind of like well. <laughs> What am I supposed to do with that? This is just, you know, this is couched in this being her limited perspective, you know, her right. limited event perspective. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's a serious limitation um, because, you know, she, I mean, she barely visited Twin Peaks um, at the at the very, very end of the series And, you know, so she wasn't there, obviously, for the original series. You know, what was she, like, five or something? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's no... So it's all, like, you know, what she researched. And she does reference, like, some of the things that happened later in the series. Like, I think the most interesting elements for me were her perspective on, like, what happened in the sheriff's station. Yeah, that was really, really huge. Because, like, that wasn't... That wasn't clear from the from the actual show, um, like how they perceive that, and it's also kind of inconsistent. Yep. Um, in in a lot of ways, like I count, I've caught like several inconsistencies with the new series, and it's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, it makes it seem like much like the 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 the, the secret history had like those discrepancies about what happened in the original with series. the old series yeah yeah it was like that where it's like oh wait a minute you're giving me your perspective from this scene but that that's not really what happened you know notably like diane diane is magically appearing in the cell and it's kind of like wait a minute first of all she didn't like appear there uh and also she was nido at the time no uh, mention of that 
No, it, it made me wonder. It made me wonder when Mark Frost wrote this and if there were rewrites <laughs> or something. You huh. know, like did because I know. I mean, like I like I just wonder what the timeline is because there there was that behind the scenes information that at a certain point Mark Frost went off to write the Secret History, which clearly would have been before this. And David Lynch continued writing stuff for the series. And um, so I, I started wondering if, like, the original conception for what happened with Diane was different. And Nido wasn't even in the original script. And, like, maybe the idea was she was going to appear in the sheriff's station or something. And, like, the, the way it's narrated is, is actually how it, was, how it was supposed to be. And, that, wow, and then it changed it. Yeah, huh. it's it's the only theory I could come up with because why wouldn't he know? I mean, if he, you know, what I mean, if he saw the show, like, why wouldn't he acknowledge what's obviously in the show? I mean, it's one thing when it's the original series. Well, I, I, well, my thought was it has something to do with the nature of those circumstances, you know, where they're remembering things differently. You think it's like the timeline change thing? The timeline change or the the whole concept of Nido, like once. Diane stopped being mm-hmm. Nido. It it did something to the history of Nido. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just didn't remember that that it, was a thing. Yeah, like I, I, that's how it came off to me. Yeah, of like, it's interesting though. Like she does mention Freddie briefly. Mm-hmm. You know, well, she, and also she's very vague about Bob. She doesn't really specify True. that it's a you know a guy's head and a ball. True. It's very like sort of vague in how she's sort of describing it, which makes it seem like the Nido thing, where there's some idea there of like a these supernatural things, you know, are are uh, you know make weird impressions in your mind or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not coming across like mm-hmm. seemingly to the people in the yeah, world. Yeah, I guess even even analogous to how the woodsmen blink in and out of, you know, and she sort of did, did sort of say it that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, recant when, when, uh, um, when, when Hastings got killed by the yeah. woodsman that it, what did it, I forgot what she said now. Um, sort of, uh, the line was something like, you know, sort of before their eyes and not, you know, he was killed. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't remember Exactly well, but that's but, an interesting alternative yeah. idea, though, that it could just be a discrep- a production issue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it seems so... I don't know. A lot of the stuff she was saying seems consistent, but the, the thing with Diane made me think there was some rewriting there. Because uh, I think it's referenced that it's Cooper and Gordon at the Great Northern, you know? Yes, I, she I, didn't mention with Diane disappearing too. Yeah, like well, Diane does disappear, but like separately. Yeah, that's what I mean. She didn't when she says Gordon and and uh, Cooper disappears. She doesn't say Diane went with them. Yeah. In, yeah. So that and, you made know, her, me think there was a different the, version. You know, and and I think some of that's maybe can become second or third hand even because like. When she talks about the um, the boiler room door, you know that mm-hmm. Cooper goes into, to, they describe it as like this infinite hallway or something, which mm-hmm. is which is an idea I would have. That that was interesting to me that they thought of it that way, mm-hmm. that they even saw enough of it to have an impression like that. Yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't just think it was a dark room that he walked yeah, into. Yeah, I didn't think they really saw. Yeah, that much of it either. so I thought yeah. that was interesting that they're giving us some information about what that was. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it reminded me of the. Um, you know, the sort of walkway in the, uh, which, where, and I guess that's the idea maybe is, you know, um, in the, uh, in the convenience store. Yeah. You know, walk yeah. across, so, and that's sort of, an, I guess, 
it's a hallway thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think they cross like a similar way. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's I think that is the idea. But yeah, the fact that she doesn't mention that Diane was there, it just yeah, I don't know. I that that was like I don't know. Maybe there is an explanation, but it's it just seems so. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things where I just wonder what the timeline was. If he had actually, when he wrote it, if he had actually seen what the final version of the series was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, this thing was published um, October 31st, I believe. And, or 30th? I don't know, 28th? That's, okay, I'm just making shit up. Anyway, it was, it was the end of October. <laughs> and... The, uh, you know, the final episode, uh, two episodes, you know, the part where we actually see that stuff, I mean, that aired uh, at the beginning of September. Surely uh, he would have delivered the book before that. And I'm kind of wondering if he if he actually saw, you know what I mean? If he actually saw it and maybe he didn't know (laughs) that like certain changes had been made, Mm -hmm. you know, it just because I know he wasn't on set the whole time. And, and I know rewrites are done, you know, separately. And so, yeah, I was just, it, it's, but uh, I mean, I have no way of knowing what the deal is with that. Well, does Mark Frost have Twitter? So, well, he does. He does. I, I asked him a question on Twitter. I forgot what it was though. Um, he didn't, he didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a lot of requests. Uh, but yeah, um, I think, um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to know what to think about this stuff. And, you know, there's certainly the question of, you know, how, how canon it is anyway. I mean, what does canon mean? Um, you know, Twin Peaks already has a bunch of tie-in books from the old days, like the secret diary, the my life my tapes, um, the the what's it called uh, access all access guide or something like that. Um, you know, there's those tie-in things where uh, stuff uh, stuff happens in there that's not necessarily consistent with the series, mm-hmm. and, or fire walk with me or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, not really clear how to take that stuff if if you if you want to if you want to admit it or not you know and of course the series is not necessarily consistent with itself so <laughs> it's like it <laughs> so starts to, it just starts to get it, it starts to get a bit confusing about how to take things but at the very least it does seem like it's mark frost perspective to some mm-hmm. extent i think this is what mark frost thinks tammy thinks yeah which is something which is something which yeah. is something. You know what I was going to say earlier is, you know what would have been a better final dossier is uh, Gordon writing it. Right. Uh, think about the insights you could get from him. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, you know, so so one thing that really stood out to me is that Tammy never mentions... Um, uh, Tammy never mentions the monologue. So there's a whole chapter on Judy... Mm-hmm. Not that it's like really extensive or really clear, but there is a whole chapter on Judy, and Tammy never mentions the fact that Gordon delivers a whole monologue where mm-hmm. he talks about 
this idea of Judy that, uh, that you know, Cooper found out about it. Uh, Briggs and and he and uh, uh, Cooper had this plan to go find Judy, right? And then it's sort of implied that that's what Cooper's doing at mm-hmm. the end of the series, or at least that's that was the plan. That's some aspect of what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she doesn't reference that. She she talks about Judy like it's a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't. She's she's even addressing Gordon in this final dossier, and she doesn't mention. <laughs> so the, again, I started to wonder about rewrites, because <laughs> it's just it's just weird. You know, uh, it's weird that she's not like, you told me that Cooper had this plan, and so I assumed that what he was doing had something to do with this plan to find Judy. Like he does, you know what I mean? It's not addressed in that way. Yes. And she sort of talks about Judy as if he doesn't know what he told her in this model in that monologue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, like she doesn't acknowledge it at all. And so it's, I don't know. The thing I asked, I asked Mark Frost about is that the, the book does seem to um, confirm that uh, Mr. C was at the meeting with, uh, with, with Briggs, Ruth, and, and Hastings, and the woodsman. Um, at least, like, Tammy thinks he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about that when we get to that chapter, because I felt like there was even a discrepancy in that event. In I, agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because isn't it like he's there, he's not there one moment, and then the next moment yeah. he's there? That's okay. pretty much what happened, yeah. Which is like sort of what happened in the, in the, in the show. So it was weird to see that, you know, in the, in the book, too. Like, this idea that, like, wait, is he there the whole time or not? Like, did he yeah. kill her or not? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it was really, it was weird. It's, yeah, he, she partially said he, he, he did, and partially no. So, yeah, it's, but... But the fact that she even said that he might have been there was progress from what was in the show, mm-hmm. where it was never stated. Um, and it always seemed, I mean, the whole time, anyone who listened to the podcast knows, like, that was a constant yeah. thing that I was, like, frustrated by and never really resolved. And, you know, in terms of Mr. C's mission, which she, you know, like, at least references the idea that he had a mission... Mm-hmm. And she gives us, you know, some some of her take on aspects of the mission, but she doesn't really know what the mission was. In the end, she's like, "Well, he was well, trying to get she, somewhere." Yeah, she almost gets there, which is which is an interesting goal, I think. Like, and I, I don't quite buy it, but this idea that you know he's the billionaire, you know, yeah. he, he's some sort of criminal mastermind who. Over the course of the last decade, a couple decades, he sort of amassed this, like, you know, massive fortune and his international conspiracies. And and with the with the goal, I think, and this is the part she didn't actually lay out, but I think sort of the jump is, you know, because we know he's he builds the machine, you know, presumably to catch Judy. So uh, built the box. Uh, so so maybe the idea there is. He wants to find Judy. He needs basically all of this money to create this technology, to to do this thing, to find this ultimate evil or power, whatever he's trying to get. Yeah. 
know, so so the money is sort of a means to an end, right? And not like he just wants to be rich and he right. wants to sort of be a criminal, which yeah. is the part I don't really like, because um, it's just sort of boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, like I just want to have a yacht and like, you know, it's just kind of like I want to have really, a palazzo. Really, doppelganger, you're spending your time like partying on a yacht. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. I'd rather it's like. It's a means to an end, and because he's trying to, you know, yeah. get enough money to build this machine, which, right. you know, they did a good job. You know, they, you know, they, there's all those shots of the, the box in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. that it makes it look like this isn't your ordinary, you know, experiment. You oh, know, definitely. This is, this is something different. You know, so I could, I no could imagine. Intended. <laughs> what was the pun? Experiments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, no pun intended. I didn't catch it. Um, <laughs> This is the experiment model, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I thought that was that sort of interesting um, take take on that whole thing. And I, I guess, yeah, I guess that's why, you know, he had the Palazzo in, in, in Argentina, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I still don't know quite why he needed the information from Albert about the FBI agent there. What that really... Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It's not clear at all. Yeah, yeah. Does she reference that? Is that referenced in the book? I don't think so. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, there's some. But yeah, I agree. The Judy, the whole Judy Pat. I didn't really think of that uh, when I read it, but you're totally right. The whole Judy chapter here is written uh, like like Gordon doesn't know anything about Judy. Exactly never really heard of this because she has all this background research yeah and... and it's like he told you there's even this thing about phil jeffries you know yeah. r- writing you know jowdy or whatever um and it's like you heard about this like she's i don't know it's strange yeah and there's some retconning too with that whole idea oh yeah um... oh yeah definitely Definitely. They they were trying to, uh, I mean, fill in those Philip Jeffries gaps from yeah, that's the, the other thing motel too. or the hotel thing. She, I think in, there's a line where she talks about Philip Jeffries and, and, you know, just to sort of go back to the idea that it wasn't written, you know, from someone who's like seen that scene mm-hmm. where he talks about the whole Blue Rose Task Force and that Jeffries was the leader. Because I feel like she, right. she references him being important with it, but like not that he was the leader. True. Yeah, yeah. Thing knows. Oh, okay, that seems a little bit different. But at the same time, she does talk about Hastings. She talks about the sheriff station from Part Seventeen. So it's clearly, I mean, those things must have happened by the time she's writing this stuff. Yeah, and she she mentions a couple times there's there was about twenty witnesses there, mm-hmm. which I which I laughed at because that just means there were twenty people in that room. It was like <laughs> that's a lot of people in one room. It is, you know. Uh, I, I I'll never forget the tell of that that I knew something was weird with that scene when they they cut to um, Frank's office, and I'm like, my first thought is, wow, Frank has a big office. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's already like unusual that I'm like this is a just this one shot. I'm like, this is a pretty big office. And yeah. then they have a, the other shot, and you see how big it is. I'm like, wow, this is a huge room. Yeah. And then, yeah, and the entire cast shows up by the end. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of floor space. Yeah. It was kind of ridiculous. He was uh, able to sit at his desk while the like whole thing was going down. He didn't even have to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> just, he had a great view. He was like, wow. 
<laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, how to sort of think about these discrepancies, especially when she's giving her firsthand account of things <laughs> and she's wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you, if you caught this. This was something that like it's it's a minor thing, but it sort of bothered me. And I don't know if you actually got to this part because I don't even remember what part this was in. At a certain at one point, she says that Cooper went to the hospital after. So this is you know way back season two, uh, after he slammed his head into the mirror. Yep, yep. They said, uh, I believe they said Doc Hayward took him to the hospital. But I, I believe later in the book, she actually says he stayed in bed all day in his room after that. I, I believe it's, I believe it's contradicted. <laughs> I did not catch that. Yeah, and I was like, wow, you're not even consistent with your own book. Jesus. Do you remember where that was? I don't. I don't. It could have been in so many places. It was in a totally different section of the book. Yeah. I do remember that uh, when they go back to it, um, like because it, it could have been in so many places because it's kind of relevant to Annie, it's relevant to to Audrey potentially. I mean, any of the the stuff uh, talking, it could have been yeah, it could have been later in the stuff about you know. It's in the Annie part. I didn't read the Annie part yet. Yeah, it could be in the Annie part. Yeah. Uh, because Which I'm surprised she even had a chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, like I'll just like briefly explain the the annie stuff um uh so the weird thing about secret history that we talked about on the podcast is that uh you know it gives this whole background for norma where they you know they talk about her parents and her her mother died you know three years or something before the series even started and it's like what the fuck like that's so not true did you see the series like there's a whole thing about Norma's mother being a food critic, and even when Annie comes, you know they they reference her specifically. Yeah. Um. And uh. Um. Of course, you know none of that mentions Annie. Annie was not mentioned at all in Secret History, and you know that's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, the whole time I was like skeptical about whether she would play any role or make any kind of appearance in the series, which, you know, definitely turned out to be almost true, even though she does get at least referenced at a certain point, um, briefly, as briefly as possible, basically, Mm -hmm. like once, um, and they don't even say that she's Norma's sister, um, so it was sort of like, what's the deal? And like, and, and the question I had about that whole thing is like when they're doing this investigation that goes nowhere, it doesn't matter, but never mind that. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't they contact Annie? You know, why, why are you contacting Doc Hayward, and, you know, to talk about this situation when Annie went into that place with Cooper? You know, surely she might have something to say about what her experience was that might be more insightful than what Doc Hayward knows, you know? And, and so I was just like, why, why are you not even bringing up the idea of contacting Annie? So, you know, I think the final dossier pretty much addresses both of those questions or both of those issues, like, directly. Uh, basically by saying, first of all, that Norma and Annie are half-sisters, and that uh, Vivian was Annie's mother, 
from an affair that her father, Norma's father, had with her. Um, and so Norma's mother was a different person. So they were, so you know, so they were half sisters. And I guess her, Norma's father left Norma's mother and went to be with Annie's mother, who was Vivian, the food critic. And she wasn't an evil mother. She was an evil stepmother. She was an evil stepmother to Norma, I guess. Yeah. And that, and you know, he tries to say, oh, she, you know, presented her as her mother or whatever. I don't really buy it. It's definitely a retcon in my mind. Um, my only question is like when the retcon happens, like, did he write the secret history and forget there was a plot and then fix it? Or did he always plan to rewrite Norma's history? You know, the retcon was from the beginning or was it later? That's the only question in my mind. <laughs> but it's clearly retcon because if you watch, I mean, if you watch those scenes, like, I feel like there's no question that that is Norma's mother. Yeah, you 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 wouldn't take that much guff from a stepmother without someone mentioning it's a stepmother. Yeah. No. It's, it's, yeah, it becomes an intense thing. And it's, and it's like the, the fact that she's so like disappointed by her review of the double R. Like if you said that all of this happened when Norma was very young, right. And, and that basically, you know, she, for some reason went to live with, you know, basically her dad and her Mm -hmm. stepmother. And when she was very young, Mm -hmm. And grew up with her as her, you know, as her mother for most of her life. Yeah. You know, you can maybe, maybe do it that way. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think if she was older and sort of, you know, I think she wouldn't necessarily have that kind of. Yeah. You necessarily buy that relationship. I think she's well, about 20 years older than Annie is. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it she wasn't that young when it happened. I mean, there are some discrepancies about the timeline. I think a birth date for Annie is given that implies she was 16 during the season two. Oops. Hey, Cooper. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? boy, Coop. <laughs> Shut up. What are, you, what are you, running for the Senate? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag politics. Oh, man. Too true. Yeah, so... Um, so anyway, that you know, that's a whole issue. But nonetheless, it is clear that Annie is significantly younger than Norma for various reasons. So yeah, it just it doesn't really line up um, that you know that that's the case. So okay, so anyway, that's that's how he resolves the Norma, Annie sisters, the mother, all that stuff. Um, and then uh, as for uh, what happened to Annie. Uh, basically she is in a catatonic state the entire time after she comes out of the Black Lodge, um, and never really, uh, comes out of it. Um, the only thing he does put in, which really, this was like almost, I don't know, I got a, um, a loss, like a David Lindelof, almost like a winking at the audience vibe from this, but he put in that every year... The day on the anniversary of the day that she emerged from the Black Lodge, she says, Uh I'm fine. That's it. (laughs) Those are the only words she speaks ever. That's the only sign that she can speak at all. And she says, I'm fine. That's that's in the final dossier? (laughs) That's in the final dossier. That's in the Annie chapter. I missed that part. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, like I remembered uh, Mark Foss uh, tweet about, um, you know, what's your, what's the least favorite uh, thing someone could ask you in an elevator? And he said, how's Annie? <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so I, like when I was listening to that, I really felt like this is, you know, this is kind of trolling the how's Annie people. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, like every year she says, I'm fine. It's he let her answer the question so he doesn't have to be asked anymore exactly exactly even though i mean i guess it's partially ironic because she's not really fine you know she's uh she's in this like comatose state she never really was able to live a life after that it completely ruined everything seemingly And, and that would explain why um you know frank wouldn't try to contact her she wasn't she wasn't able to communicate at all Mm-hmm. so you know it, it so the, uh, that's the answer like she was just completely um you know put put in a uh put in a coma by that by that um experience well that's, that's what makes me think the idea of her saying i'm fine besides answering you know trolling people answering the sort of meta question um is this idea that like you know we have you know, it's not as dire of a situation from her. Some idea that like her mind is somewhere where she's fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That idea. Yeah, maybe where it's like the Nido like, thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Where you know, part whatever her consciousness is in the Black Lodge or something. Yeah, or somewhere else in that, and that it's some weird sort of um, yeah way of her communicating that uh, she's not sort of in this dire state as it seems, but. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so those are your Annie answers. <laughs> all right, all right. Your Annie well, answers. Um, you know, people being in a coma is such an interesting coincidence uh, with characters in this town. Indeed, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that naturally segues into talking about the Audrey chapter. So, I mean, did you have any any thoughts about the Audrey answers, um, such as they are? <laughs> It didn't really clear up. I mean, it 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 was interesting. I I, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about the Audrey part. Um, in, in terms of the big question about you know what was happening to her at the end of the show when she wakes up, she's at the double R dancing, uh, mm-hmm. and she sort of wakes up in this room. It didn't answer to me what that really is. Um, oh, yeah, no, definitely you not. You know, it didn't really, I mean, it, it seemed to suggest that she was mostly fine for a while. And then at, and then at a certain point, once Richard got 10 years old, mm-hmm. her life sort of got worse. Yeah. Right? Because she was sort of a single mother doing the bit. Yeah. She had her business. Things like were going pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was, you know, doing doing everything on her own. She wanted her parents' money and all that stuff. And then something happened and it got worse. And then she ended up marrying uh, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, mostly out of, you know, financial convenience, it seems. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then things seemed to get worse. And so I think that the last thing is just the idea that she was, you know, probably in counseling, at a, you know, some yeah. sort of thing. But that, I mean, it, it doesn't explain to me what we saw you know even if she is at a treatment center i don't understand what what we saw you know i don't understand like 
what was happening to her? What was she rem- was she remembering something or was she was it a delusion that she was at the double R? You know, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, not double R at the at the roadhouse. Road yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but why would she be having a horrible fantasy? Why is her fantasy that she's stuck with Charlie in this like, you know, Luis Buñuel esque? <laughs> Like <laughs> surrealist. You're like, right. It drama. is like that. I didn't it's even think complete, about that. It's it's like exterminating angel. It is. They, they want to go somewhere, but they can't quite ever leave. Yeah. They, they do leave, but do they really leave? <laughs> you know. And it's, right, and it's like right. it's it's this whole other vibe of the show that's sort of encapsulated with its own tone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, so it doesn't explain to me why she would be. If that's not her real life. Right, like either your real, either the like the either the fantasy should be good, or your real life is good, or the fantasy is bad, or your real life is bad, and then you pair those two up, right? <laughs> because one is you're creating to deal with your issue, right? Yeah. So if you issue that like you know your life is bad, then usually that means your fantasy would be good, right? You're envisioning a better thing. Yeah. Well, but it you looks know, like, it looks like her life is was bad. Because she's driven to, to, to delusion. Yeah. Right? But her delusion is, is of something bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that in terms of... So, yeah, I have... Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to organize my thoughts here. I So, um, I mean, in terms of David Lynch stuff, like, I think... I think if you're talking about, <laughs> uh, like, Lost Highway or even more so Mulholland Drive... I mean, I think you have, um, and maybe Inland Empire, though I'm not really sure what Inland Empire is about. Uh, <laughs> you, you have. You've only seen it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen it multiple times. It doesn't matter. Uh, you you have this idea of a character, um, uh, you know, seemingly like living in something like a, a fantasy world that is in a way better than their reality. Mm-hmm. But what you also have is, you know, it, it kind of collapsing in on itself or like slowly turning into a nightmare, like becoming, mm-hmm. you know, like the reminders of the exactly. badness it's, are it's, creeping it's, in. That's what yeah, it reminds the me idea of. That, that, that even if you can create an alternate reality and have a delusion that ignores your problems, your problems are ultimately inescapable and yeah. will doom you and come back to haunt you in the end. And exactly. It's a great, it's a great trope, you know? Um, but I feel like here, what's confusing is where's the good part, you know, of, <laughs> of her life that, yeah. that she, you know, and, and what's weird is, is, is Tammy seems to validate that what would be the delusion, you know, uh, of her being married to Charlie and having a seemingly yeah. normal life in that respect is real. The dossier says that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's uh, yeah, yeah. That was the other thing I was gonna say. So one thing it does pretty much say is that she wasn't in a coma the whole time. Mm-hmm. She came out of the coma. She yeah. did interact with Richard to some extent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that also that Charlie was real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she doesn't name him, but it does seem strongly implied that that's who yeah, she's right. talking you about. Say Charlie, but yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I think the inference is pretty logical there. Um, uh, 
and so that does like narrow the range of possibilities and and you know the idea of delusion was definitely on the table it is weird that she never mentions richard okay so right that's the other thing i have to add about this there's some behind the scenes stuff about this um oh that uh that i've that i've heard um and i don't know the whole story so like part of this is part of this is fact and part of this is speculation so what is known is that uh what they originally wrote for that's audrey speculation yeah there you go that's specky fact hmm <laughs> that's tough i don't know how to decide specky fact specky fact sounds like a it sounds like a credit reporting company it does it sounds like yes yeah, some sort of analytical uh accounting firm specufax did you get your specufax score exactly <laughs> oh man my specufax score is seven thousand uh uh so so what was originally written for audrey in the script for the for the new show um uh, when they sent it to Sherilyn Finn, she refused to do it. And <laughs> she said, no, I'm not going to do that. If you want me to be in the show, you have to rewrite it. Wow. And uh, and they did. And, and they gave her the worst storyline of the show. And yeah, so I mean, what they rewrote it to is something she agreed to do. And so, okay, that's um, that's where that's where the facts are. Uh, the speculation, um, and I think Mark Frost, like, sort of quasi-confirmed this in uh, one of his, like, book tour appearances. He, he didn't specifically say this, but he said enough to imply that um, the scene with Sylvia, uh, where, you know, uh, where uh, Richard, where Richard comes in and, like, robs her. Yeah. I think that scene was Audrey originally. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know what else they had for her, but I think that scene, he was going to come rob Audrey. Um, and it was going to be, you know, it was going to be his mother instead of his grandmother. Oh, um, oh, I thought you, I th- thought you meant it was going to be Audrey robbing Sylvia in a violent <laughs> way. And she didn't no, want to no, do no. that. No, like, no, no. I think she didn't want to be the victim in the robbing scene. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my theory. Um, because he he did say like we had these scenes of Richard treating her badly, mm-hmm. and um, and so yeah, I suspect that that's uh, that was one scene that was going to be Audrey and that they changed, and uh, you know she was going to be running this hair salon like basically she wasn't going to have left the hair salon like she does in the book, uh, she was still going to be doing that. And, uh, and there was going to be the scene with Richard and I don't know any more than that because the script isn't out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I think that's, that's part of the thing is this, this whole hair salon plot is part of the original script. And so she was going to interact with Richard and acknowledge him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's something that really stands out about the series that not only that she doesn't acknowledge Richard, but that everyone talking about Richard, you know, almost never acknowledges her. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only that very late scene, you know, the one before his death that he has with Mr. C, where he says that's who his mother is. Yeah. But uh, Ben never talks about her. Jerry never talks about her. Sylvia never talks about her. Mm -hmm. 
Cooper never talks about her. <laughs> Nobody talks about her. It's like she's been in a coma that whole time. It's exactly. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what David Lynch envisioned because Mark Frost did indicate that the scenes for Audrey were written by David Lynch exclusively. The, the new scenes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't know what he was thinking. And it seems like Mark Frost is speculating to some extent on what David Lynch had in mind um, because it's not clear from the show at all. And it it seems like he's speculating it was some kind of delusion going on in some kind of psychiatric facility. And Charlie's still around, but he's also part of the delusions. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it looks like he's saying to me. Um, Though, yeah, we can't really... We can't really nail down the details at all. Yeah, that it was just it was just a, it was just a psychiatry session, and yeah. she got maybe she was hypnotized or something, right? And she got she got lost in the. What's the stuff about Billy? You know, like I'll never understand Billy and Tina and Chuck and like who the fuck are these people and why is this a thing? And you yeah, know? her delusion is, you know, that was the problem, you know, when we saw originally saw these episodes is, you know, her delusion is including real people. Strangely connected to reality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it calls it a question, like, I don't know. If there's some extra level to what's going on. Man, I was just thinking, like, this whole idea of her delusion being sort of, you know, centered at the beginning, centered around going to the roadhouse. Um... I was like, did something bad happen at the roadhouse to her? Like, what, what could, what could like be the thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, the thing that this is, I guess, supposed to tie to is, you know, uh, Cooper raping her. Yeah, which, which is basically confirmed. Not that it wasn't confirmed in the series, but yeah, it's like so, extra confirmed. Yeah, so <clears throat> it would be interesting if, if somehow, you know, that was had to do with the place that she had an issue with yeah um but it doesn't really line up like that yeah 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 it seems like she went on for years and it was like richard that caused the problems yeah maybe the older he got the worse he got i I imagine it was like problem child and he got Mm -hmm. like or you know when you talk about kevin or whatever oh yeah 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 more (laughs) yeah you know, the Definitely. more he got it and it drove her got crazy. Worse. Yeah. But, you know, just the idea that David Lynch rewrote the original idea, which was more mundane, mm-hmm. it seems like, and more just sort of Definitely. down to earth and like yeah. just a normal, like like what Basic they did with Ben Horn, yeah. just a progression of their normal life. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that it says sort of even more, you know, about those Audrey scenes that he, you know, in light of this idea that she sort of refused to do something and is like, okay, well we'll do this. You know, I I'm specifically writing this, you know, at, with the hopes that you will do this thing. Yeah. So like, it, you know, I'm giving you something I think you'll want to do. Yeah. So it's interesting that this is what he thought she would want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the idea of like, you know, the big uh, sort of, you know, climax of the whole delusion you know this whole idea of reliving her youth and mm-hmm. you know doing doing audrey's dance and sort of being the, the talk of the town again for a split second uh that's that's interesting that he's like this is what i'll give her to do you know um 
you know, revisiting like that part of the, the character. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's something a bit like Norma Desmond about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird like reliving the past, stuck in the past, or Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't really think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, like like he he said, Okay, you don't want to do this. So what I'll give you is a character who has this sort of unfulfilled life that's sort of gnawing at her. <laughs> you know, she's, she's clearly, like, upset with the choices that she made, and she's taking it out on everybody yeah. else in her life. Yeah. You know, and um, and then I'll, I'll end that with her, her, you know, inexplicably reliving, like, you know... The, the joy of her youth uh, before it all comes shattering down and she sees like the real reality of her life, the naked truth of her life, you know? Right. Uh, you want to do that? <laughs> like, yeah. Apparently. Yes. Yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> Should I be there? Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Huh? Yeah. That, that, you know, that, that idea that it's not, it wasn't just organic to the story of, of right. this season. It was like, no, this is specifically what we'll have her do. Um, I, I think it also explains why she's so, like, separated from everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. In this weird way that, that it wasn't, it wasn't conceived that way. But I, I do think that, I do think that the, what they gave her as, like, ridiculous as it was, it is kind of more interesting than their original plan. For sure, yeah. Um, it's a you know I'm still upset that there was no you know Cooper and Audrey. Anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, the, the... I mean, tell Harry I said hello. Like, it feels totally underwhelming to me as well. Right. Yeah. I I still thought like um, the, it wasn't clear in the book, but did 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 Audrey think, you know, for for any period of time that the kid was uh john justice wheelers oh yeah 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 i don't think she even mentions john justice wheeler yeah but i'm just wondering if like if if if, did did, does she remember you know the encounter with cooper does she like know that that happened it seems like she does uh doesn't she reference that now i'm getting confused uh, of what's in the book because i know um you know, uh, Richard in the show says, uh, she had, you know, she had your, uh, picture, mm-hmm. um, you know, up somewhere yeah. or whatever. That's how he knew who she, who he was. That's true. Um, but I, I, yeah, I get, I just got the sense that there could have been a, a thing where there was a period of time before she knew or something. Uh, because it was like several months before she even knew she was pregnant. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. I think, uh, I really I don't know how she ever would have known. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, unless you know what I mean, unless uh, it, you know Doc Hayward or, or someone was like, "Oh yeah, Cooper came in to your room," you know. Um, I mean, I guess they could have told her. Like, he did say that, but for sure, yeah. I mean, but it yeah, it, 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 it must have been crazy if she doesn't understand that that wasn't the real Cooper. Um thinking that he just came in there and raped her and left. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane for the real Cooper to do. Well, she did eventually go crazy, so... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it sort of fits in. 
mm-hmm. if if she really thought that you know and maybe 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 rape is not exactly what happened maybe there was some you know sweet talking of her or something you know like he he at least you know tried to capitalize on you know her affections that she already had for cooper you know well so you know i won't deny that it's possible from the show point of view but the book definitely says that cooper came out or audrey came out of the coma three weeks later so it must have happened while she was still in a coma according to the book oh is that why you call it rape (laughs) (laughs) because she didn't consent to it okay according to the book i mean i do think the show sorry uh, yeah yeah i I forgot about that point didn't Uh, clarify that but yeah that they specifically said that she didn't come out for three weeks so but then how yeah i don't know how she's putting it together that that he's the so basically i was saying like doc Hayward or someone must have told her so basically she wakes up in the hospital and they say hey we just did some blood work and you know uh, you know, you, you're pregnant. Yeah. You know, uh, this happened two months ago. You know, who who's the father? She doesn't have any rem- memory of anybody. Now, from the show's perspective, she should remember John Justice Wheeler. Yeah, I agree. That was very recent. Okay. I think it was supposed to be the same day, or maybe I'm thinking, getting the timeline wrong. But it was around Yeah, I think it might have been the next day. Okay. Uh, because it's it's nighttime when that happens, and I think the bank incident must have been the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean it's it's close enough that it would have been totally possible. Yeah. So and then she's like, well, okay, from the show perspective, she could say, well, maybe it's his. That's why yeah. I was thinking like maybe for a while before it's clear that the child is evil or something. Yeah. That she thought, you know, oh, maybe this was john wheeler's kid but okay but then from the book's perspective maybe she just says well i don't know i don't remember anybody and then doc hayward says well i saw cooper in your room two months ago and she just has to assume that he just raped her yeah uh yeah that is crazy yeah 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 yeah. i can't imagine you know Like, really it, thinking it is, that and never learning otherwise. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, no, there was a second Cooper. That's the one and who the did the idea it. that she would keep his picture around is weird, too, then. Yeah, totally. If 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 she did think... That's that's why I was trying to make it work where, mm-hmm. like, she wasn't unconscious. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. That he could at least have, like... Co- you know, it wouldn't have been right, but, it you know, because he's not who he claims to be. Right. That it wasn't like he, you know, raped an unconscious And Diane knew, like, right away, but Mm -hmm. it's possible that, you know, I mean, she didn't know Cooper as long as Diane did, so, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe he could have, I mean, that seems, that seems logical in a way, yeah, because the picture thing is super weird if she knew, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so maybe she just, she didn't know, Yeah, maybe she didn't know, and she just all she kept this picture because she and was she just always in love with him. Exactly, that was like the, the you know the first man she fell in love with. Or yeah, something. yeah. And um, and you know, it's not maybe clear it was that Richard knew. Thinking. That's you know? interesting. If it was wishful thinking, if like she actually didn't know, yeah, all she had was Doc Hayward's account, but she couldn't. She didn't. She wasn't going to be like, "Well, he raped me." Right. Uh, 
Right. So maybe she, maybe it was, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't really work, but maybe. It was There's definitely a gap of... there. It doesn't seem like Richard was told because he doesn't, I mean, he says, I know your picture, but he didn't go so far as to say, she told me you're my father. And he yeah. doesn't acknowledge that he's his father until he's dead already. Yeah, that's true. So she wasn't like, I grew up. She told me this was, this was my dad on the whole. You know, yeah, like, exactly. So it's, it's, but then like, she could have kept it a secret because she knew what happened or she could have just not said because she didn't know what happened. I don't really know what we're supposed to think there. All right. Next chapter. (laughs) (laughs) The final dossier wins again. It's definitely, a lot of these chapters have more definitive statements than the Audrey one does. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and I mean, obviously the, the later stuff is also like this, but there's a lot of middle chapters where we get more like direct information. Um, so, the Donna chapter, for example. Yeah. So, okay. So one, one more thing with Audrey, what, do, now that this is sort of the last week we have so far of anything with the, the story of Audrey, what are we supposed to think happened? So she wakes up in the white room. Okay. Say this is just a regular psychiatric place mm-hmm. you know she's some sort of therapy she wakes up from hypnosis or whatever delusion she just was yeah. in or something and then what like first of all her son's dead right uh which i guess he'll just be missing because his body's gone yeah so they'll never have sort of proof that he was he'll just murdered. be missing forever yeah just missing forever he just he he, yeah he assaulted the grandmother and then left and was never seen again and and actually that reminds me i mean i now that i know that she was actually you know seemingly raising him until he was 10 uh well maybe that's not old enough i don't know anyway since jerry horn actually witnessed that incident it wasn't clear that he recognized him i guess there's no reason to think that it made it. It seemed like it was too far for him to recognize faces. He was using yeah. binoculars the wrong way around, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it made it seem like it was pretty far away. Yeah, he just knew it was like some guy. He didn't recognize Cooper either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. But it's like it's weird that it almost could have happened. You know, mm-hmm. Jerry Horn could have recognized both of them. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, what if I mean, what if that's what Jay Horn told the police? I killed my nephew. Or wait, uh, what's what is he to him? Uh, oh, ooh, great nephew, great nephew, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because like odd, like Audrey's like siblings' children would be. Yeah. Uh, or, or, yeah, her siblings, he would be the nephew. So it's a generation, yeah. Great, great, great uncle, I guess. Great, yeah. great, great nephew, yeah. Because he could have said that if he saw them, you know, like, I killed mm-hmm. my great. Be like, what are you talking about, Jerry? That's oh, crazy. Right. He thought he killed, a, he thought he, he did it he with the binoculars. His, he thought his binoculars killed a guy. He could have said, my binoculars killed my great great. Not a guy, but actually, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He clearly didn't think that was, that was Richard. But it's just, it's such a weird coincidence of all the people. But I guess Jerry Horn's the one who would be just wondering well, somewhere. In a town full of coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. So close. But yeah, I think I think no one will just ever know what happened there. His, his foot that wasn't his foot for one scene 
somehow I think maybe <laughs> got him to that place at the right time, which is a weird idea. I don't I don't understand what ha- I don't understand Jerry's story. It's weird. He gets a whole chapter um, in the final dossier, and you know they try to sort of connect the dots. But really, like to me, what it did was kind of retcon the whole character and try to make it make him a sort of he's kind of like a big Lebowski type character. Mm. Um, you know, even from the beginning. I mean, they have like stuff going back before the original series where he's like this, and it's like. I don't know. I mean, he was certainly eccentric, but watching the original series, I, I just didn't get the sense of him being this, you know, this sort of um, spaced out hippie type figure. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way he's portrayed, it's it makes more sense with Pot Farm Jerry, but uh, not so much with you know very very capitalist business oriented Jerry um from uh the original series you know he liked food he liked Mm -hmm. traveling but i don't know um it was weird for me i didn't need those dots connected it was believable enough to me that he would kind of grow into that at some point Um, not to say he was always like that Mm -hmm. you know like he was clearly the like the less serious of the two oh very true others Yeah. you know with business and it would seem like you know yeah once he got an older age and he could like make Do money off like you know marijuana you know yeah. uh, business like yeah it, but it is interesting that that sort of big lebowski like angle yeah um, yeah 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 they, they kind of do all this weird stuff with him where it's like i don't know that chapter was it seemed like a waste of time to me it was one of those where i felt like the series was enough you know, I didn't necessarily need a whole chapter about Jerry Horn. You know, a lot of these chapters are, are characters that were not explored at very well or at all in the new series. And he got he got plenty. I mean, you know, yeah. plenty for what they did with him. Yeah, maybe just an excuse to have an extra chapter with some information that is pretty easy to write. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah, definitely. Contradicting anything. And... Right. Um. Yeah, there were some some fairly big bombshells though here. Um, oh, yeah. One um, thing that was interesting in the Judy section was this whole thing about um. Uh, let's see, what did it say? To the book, to the pages. <laughs> um. Where she's talking about um, this idea of a male and female uh, sort of evil force, uh, Judy, and then the male is Baal or something right. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And Baal is later known as uh, Beelzebub. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's only a, a skip and a hop and a jump away from Beelzebub. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I thought they were going to go there and just say it, but they didn't actually just say that. True. Maybe maybe this is the Bob we've been hearing about. It's, it's almost there. And given the fact that Judy is connected to Sarah Palmer and Bob is connected to Leland, and then you have yeah. Laura, the product of the, it's well, like... And, and it, they have a line here and another thing about the Trinity. And I thought, is that the Trinity? Mm-hmm. Sarah, Leland, and Laura, you know, basically Bob and Judy, you know, yeah. being parents. 
and then Laura is somehow this like child of the two. But yeah, Laura was the orb from. That's what I don't giant. get. That's what I don't get. But, but but maybe there's maybe maybe the idea is like there's a there's the duality there that each of those. So basically, there's three humans. There's there's Sarah, Leland, and Laura, human beings, and then there's three spiritual forces: Judy, Bob, and the Laura orb that was created. And they inhabit their respective humans. Like, maybe that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Laura was the ore, but also was the child of the two humans. Right. You know, um, and maybe maybe that's the idea. And then, like, so, so then the orb is sent to inhabit Laura to do something <laughs> to, to stop uh judy which would be the mother but then later bob so yeah there's something it's also weird that the bob thing seems to come from judy like the the way the way it's described in uh that chapter doesn't really line up with that you know that the idea that bob was created in 1947 or something i was trying to reconcile that with with the with the scene where experiment is is spewing out the stream of whatever bob is in there the bob orb is in there and the eggs are in there yeah and maybe that's some sort of uh you know you know maybe this being can exist in multiple places right and and so a version of itself is basically in the egg yeah like female version is in the egg and Mm -hmm. the male version is bob and they're sending both of that to Earth or whatever. Yeah, okay. And, and, and then Bob ends up inhabiting Leland later, and then the the sort of female one is the creature that goes into Sarah's mouth. Right. Now, there's still a lot of questions about that whole night that happened in the radio station. We can mm-hmm. get into that later. <laughs> How that all works out. But but just maybe that's the idea, and that was that was basically Judy, you know, experiment replicating itself and sending a version of itself to a host in mm-hmm. the world and that host became sarah yeah and somehow it i guess was there the whole time and i don't ex- understand the box like maybe the, the maybe the box sort of captured for a second the celestial version of mm-hmm. experiment which yeah. was still out there somewhere right uh and uh, and that's what came in and killed the Sam and Tracy and then sort of left. I, I, I guess, yeah. Because maybe that fixes it if there's two experiments. You right. know, there's there's the sort of uh, ho- the one that's a parasite of Sarah, and then there's the sort of uh, experiment model. I guess you would right. Call it. The the yeah the one that exists in this strange yeah. realm. Yeah, Judy um, and experiment. Maybe that you could say it that way. Yeah, 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 and maybe the Bob Orb is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's it's the it's the Bob that that exists in the in the real world, and then there's there's sort of a Bob that you know that exists in that in that other world, mostly the Black Lodge, I guess. But you know, he, there's also that convenience store scene in in Fire Walk with Me where, um, and actually, there's also the the scene at the end when. Um, mm-hmm. Leland goes into the Black Lodge and there's the Garmin Bosia confrontation where Bob and Leland are shown separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it does seem like Bob can be separate from Leland to some extent. 
um, yeah. even while he's quote unquote inhabiting him. Um, so anyway, yeah, I was thinking something along those lines for the explanation of Sarah being inhabited by Judy, but also Judy's like, you know, in, in New York. You know, it, it makes me think that <laughs> like the whole inhabitation thing with Bob and Leland, like, are we supposed to think it's the same idea that when when Bob is inhabiting Leland, the orb is inside of him? Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% or, or, sure. Or, or is the orb thing different because it has to do with Bob escaping the Black Lodge and, and, and sort of using the doppelganger as a host oh, as a vehicle. That reminds me. I, I thought an interesting little bit is that he took the time in the book to say that doppelgangers and tulpas are different. Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad these yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was an interesting distinction because there 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 was a little bit of a like blurry like it wasn't clear if, it, it seemed like they were similar ideas but it's like no they're different mm-hmm. <laughs> not the same thing so yeah anyway um, uh, the specific circumstances with the doppelganger uh, maybe is the but the, but the, but we saw the orb in the in the forties you know so I just I don't know it makes it seem like I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to think that was in Leland or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not specifically connected to the doppelganger, I guess is all I'm saying. Since they showed it independently. Well, yeah, but that's why I'm thinking if they showed it like that, because it, it, it's a, it is an, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's an independent thing that can, like, that can, you know. Do its own thing. Like, yeah, it can float around. Yeah. But, but like, we're not supposed to think, I hope, that, you know, in the context of the original series, when, when, when Bob would come and go and inhabit Leland, that the orb was flying around and entering him, right? Like, wasn't the idea that we piecemeal together that he, Bob, sort of metaphysically travels through the electricity... And can use this through, you know, come through the ceiling fan and sort of, you know, teleport somehow into and take over, you know, sort of take over Leland when he wants to do whatever he's going to do with Laura and whatever. Like that was, you know, but we're not, that's not being transplanted by the idea that like, no, 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 no. He's not necessarily sort of traveling through electricity per se. He's a floating orb at times. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, it does feel to me like the orb is partially a compromise just because they didn't have the actor. I do wonder what they would have done if they, if Frank Silva was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, if because they... the point is that he's, he has escaped the black law. And I feel like that's why the orb is independent because it's the idea that it's, it's his singular form, you know, it's yeah, the one right. that counts, you know, and it, it's the thing that has left the black lodge. Right. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that wasn't true when he was inhabiting Leland. Yeah, which exactly. Which is a weird, it's like, no, he was still in the trapped in the Black Lodge somehow, even though he was also well, doing like things. like what Mike does, you know, they, they can they can sort of go through the electricity and, like, communicate right. and do, do, do things. And it's weird, but it seemed to work. You know, the traffic lights, the whole idea. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, I just wanted to, I was just thinking of that. I was like, wait, we're not supposed to think that Bob was always this orb flying around into hosts. And yeah, like... yeah. I mean, ugh. I don't know. I don't know. It's It kind of seems like we are to me, but it also doesn't really add up. So, mm-hmm. because the way it's portrayed, I mean, we see, we the characters see, like, this orb emerge, um, you know, when the woodsmen show up, and they see it flying around and stuff. I mean, when Leland died, no one saw anything like that. That's my point. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, yeah, I, I think I think this, the orb is different because it's Bob after leaving the Black Lodge. And it's just, just like before Bob came to Earth, he was an orb. You know, it's it's his singular form. Uh, but I think somehow when he gets connected to the Black Lodge, um, you know, he gets he gets a, a human body and like, um, you know, a jean jacket. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he can he can go around and do stuff like, right. a, like a corporeal being, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, crawl over couches and terrorize young mm-hmm. cousins of, you know, main characters. Right. Um, but anyway, Beelzebub. Anyway, so I don't know. I, I, it was interesting that I, just the idea of them even sort of trying to equate Bob with Judy and put them on the same level and not have sort of Judy be like the top and Bob be subservient or something. Right. Uh, a lesser power which is what it seemed like in the show Mm -hmm. like by showing bob coming from judy it it did seem like it seemed like bob was the lesser yeah and and judy's the ultimate bad you know Mm -hmm. i mean they don't even you know yeah the whole like finding judy thing there's no reference they're done with bob once freddie punches him yeah you know um like that's all that was and so yeah it doesn't (laughs) It's your the book. Who knew? Does... Who knew Bob was always one punch away from like being out of the story? <laughs> you know, it's like the whole time. You know, anytime we rewatch the original stuff now, when Bob's around, we can just go. We can just rest knowing that man. If somebody just socked them real good right now, mm-hmm. he just he'd float away. <laughs> no one ever thought of that before. Not quite terrifying. <laughs> no, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right well why don't we just uh go chapter by chapter real quick and see what uh interesting things happen sounds good sounds good uh so we start with this uh i love it it's it's everything's about uh from tammy's perspective except this one little thing at the front yeah <laughs> albert decides to show up yeah 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 to to give some closure on Leo, which was the burning question from the finale, right? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, everyone's like, "But what about Leo's autopsy report?" Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I do feel like I do feel like this answer sort of contradicts the series, though there were extensive rewrites at the end of the series, so maybe this was. Maybe this was Mark Frost's original vision and he's kind of re-editing the final episode. <laughs> because Lynch did some notorious rewriting that uh, he wasn't happy about at the time. Um, and uh, one of those rewrites included a scene involving Leo and gunshots. 
<clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought this was weird. I was like, some of these details are strange to me. Yeah, so, I mean, he ends up being shot, and, <clears throat> I mean, he makes this note that, like, the tarantulas are not actually poisonous, mm-hmm. um, which, like, seemed like, it seemed like he was, it seems like a, a some, some weird sort of uh, commentary on whoever came up with the tarantula trap. Um, it just completely invalidated their whole, like, threat, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like somebody's been watching too many Vincent Price movies or whatever. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, anyway, he, he was shot, um, with, uh, um, in such a way that Albert concludes it was Wyndham Earl, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I say that that contradicts the series is that, you know, in the final episode, this was the rewritten thing. There's a scene with uh, Bobby and Shelly in the double R um, where one of them is like, you know, I wonder, uh, or I guess it was Shelly, uh, like, I wonder where Leo is now. And Bobby's like, are you kidding? He's, I'm sure he's having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. And they cut to him with the little string attached to his like yeah. tooth or something, you know, it was actually just reused footage from the previous episode when he originally got put in the trap. Um, but, but it's like he's still holding the trap with the spiders. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's st- and and at that point, uh, Wyndham Earl's already gone in, right? He he goes yeah. in at the end um, of uh, uh, you know the the whole events with the Miss Twin Peaks contest, and and so mm-hmm. by the time that scene's happening, he's already in there. Yeah. And so he couldn't have shot Leo unless he came out. Which, uh, there's no indication from this book that he came out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm going to assume that he did, you know, stay in there slash die in there. You know, the whole Bob taking his soul thing, like, that that's, yeah. that's the definitive end. That was in the original script, even though it played out differently. So I, I do think that was the end of Wyndham Earl there. Um, so I don't really get, I don't know, I guess it's just a slight rewriting of that, that, that scene. That, that Wyndham Earl just killed him before he left. Mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. What if, yeah, what if somehow in some weird way that when they're like, I wonder what Leah's doing now, he's having the time of his life, what if that was somehow out of sequence or something and and that was supposed to be like the day before when right. Wyndham really did leave him in the trap? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it, it, it could be it could be i i yeah yeah yeah. i got that was supposed to be that was, was supposed to be a flashback it was supposed to be like this is what he's doing right now yeah i gotta watch for it on the rewatch because there's another scene in the double r that is a hundred percent later because it's you know it involves someone saying i'm in the black lodge with dale cooper <laughs> um uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if they, if they actually show that those happened at the same time or not. I don't actually remember. Um, but yeah, that could, that could definitely be a way out of it. And there's always the cover that time goes differently in the Black Lodge. So maybe that fixes everything. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. Of course he it can does. be out before he goes in. Is you know? it future? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, he writes in Albert's voice, um, 
you know, it it's it's tying up a, a slight loose end. That was not. That was definitely also not one of my major concerns uh, with the series that they didn't address. Um, but but hey, it's there. Um, just like Hank's uh, shiving in uh, Secret History, like I didn't necessarily need that to get closure. Like the fact that Hank's going to prison again at the end of season two was enough for me. Um, they're like, that's over, you know, Norma's going to get a divorce. That's it. Um, we don't have to worry about Hank anymore. Yep. Uh, that was fine for me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, getting this extra piece, uh, you know, that, that Leo died, like, okay, you know, fine. But it was one of those, I don't know. It's a strange inclusion and, and having it at the beginning when like the rest of the book is different is, is kind of odd. Uh, it makes me wonder if this was written for secret history and not included there for some weird reason. Because mm-hmm. it, it's more like secret history, these like found documents, you know? Yeah. They they have this little addendum page before it that talks, that tries to give some context to why this document is in this book. Um... <laughs> It doesn't really do the job, but mm-hmm. they, they, they sort of acknowledge with that page that it's like, okay, this is weird. Right. To say in the context of why Tammy would be including this, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed hearing, you know, he did a good job with Albert's voice. There was a second here that I, I, I thought I was reading Tammy, and I remember her making, uh, or Albert makes a quip about... Um, uh, that that uh, that Gordon is luxuriating um, with one of his imported nieces. Uh, I was like, Did, "What? Tammy saying that?" And I was like, "Oh no, wait, sorry, this is Albert." Right. I was like, "Okay, that that makes it make a little bit more sense." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, like I was like, she's being so flippant about that. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But again, I thought it was weird they even included this line about his imported nieces. Mm-hmm. That it's like, why can't we escape the specter <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. of like Gordon the Grabber or whatever? Yeah. Of this like lascivious Gordon Paul. Even back then, I mean, this is from this is from the original series period. Yeah, where... why are they shoving that in our face? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. That was, yeah. That was definitely one of the more uh, uncomfortable and strange elements of uh, of the new series. Um, uh, in terms of, like, really, like, smearing uh, an original series character. Yeah. In a, um, in a, in a, in a lighthearted way at times. Yeah. Definitely. Um... Definitely. But I, I think... Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I guess that's that's where I don't know where the line is because mm-hmm. you know part of that may be what I'm bringing to this. You know, um, I guess because it's played by David Lynch, uh, because of the content of the new series. Um, you know, not to mention David Lynch's work in general. Um, eh, 
it seemed really uncomfortable and like a strange choice and and it seemed strangely self-aware or meta or something or was it or was it obliviousness like i really don't know that's 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 the thing is 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 if something references itself it's meta but can you reference yourself and then know you're referencing yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Is there some element of like, they don't even realize how this comes off. Yeah. You know, like that. It's just like, it's just supposed to be teehee and that's it. You know, and the problem is they, they address the issue head on before giving examples of the issue. Right. You know, that's how it plays out. So it plays out like they're making a point because that's how you make a point. You start with the right. main idea and then you give details and examples of your to prove your idea. And it's Gordon's story with this whole case almost virtually starts with his conversation with Denise. Right. Uh, which right. which which was which starts with, you know, uh, you know, this whole, like, pat me on the back because I supported you uh, when mm-hmm. you came out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm a fem, you know, I'm sort of a, I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have this sort of, like, you know, um, old-fashioned morality that, like, doesn't judge people on, right. you know, sort of extraneous things. And, and, yeah. and it's about people really are. You do a good job. That's yeah, what matters. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Everything else doesn't doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And so, which which is which is sort of problematic too, because it sort of doesn't allow you to sort of actually accept the differences of the person. You choose to ignore mm-hmm. them uh, for the yeah, greater good. Yeah, they have good. that shot of him being uncomfortable. There it um, is. Yeah. So it's when she mentions the the hormones. They're doing all the things you do to make the audience say, oh, they're they're trying to say something about this subject. <laughs> right. Yet, when it comes down to it, they don't, A, really say anything. Right. And B, like, you know, do it in its, this lighthearted way where it can be like, oh, this is all a joke. Well, then why are you saying, why are you bringing this up as, like, something to talk about? You know? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And, you know, and they could have flipped it, right? Because they could have said, listen, if we want Gordon to be, you know, this, you know, this sort of uh, more freewheeling character, uh, you know, he's having fun in his old age and, you know, he's super charming and, you know, he can get any girl he wants, right? Mm -hmm. Fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, but then the scene with the Denise should have been flipped where they, they, it's a lighthearted thing. Oh, Gordon, you're such an old dog. Oh, you know, Oh, you know, you're really giving it to the ladies, aren't you? You know? And like, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, she, you know what I'm saying? Like they could have, they could have set up this whole thing with it being a funny thing with this character. Yeah. You know, um, um, but instead, they set it up as it being problematic for his character, and then he ends up doing like problematic things. So it's, right, yeah, it's they did. So it's weird. It's like they it's lighthearted on the back end, but they set it up as like a dramatic question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, this this uh, Albert thing's interesting. Um, 
I'm glad we know how many times Leo was shot, so, and where. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, specific details there. Um, all right, you want to go to the next chapter here? Sure. Next file, excuse me. Yeah, please. I love the detail of the, you know, the, 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 the images of the, the folders and it's all... Yeah, the audiobook, like, she would read the entire, like, the number and... Oh, no. It was like... Oh, no. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was, oh. yeah, it was, it was kind of driving me crazy. But every time we got to one of those, it was like, it, you have to wait forever for her to actually say who it's about. That's you great. Know? It's this like this built up tension between like, uh oh, who it is. Exactly. Whereas like if you're looking out on the page, you can probably just look and see what it says. Like you ignore everything else. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like window dressing. It's just to make it look like a thing, you know, like a file. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, anyway, that's one of the pitfalls of audiobooks. Definitely stuff like that doesn't work very well. Yeah. I actually listened to the uh, it doesn't really matter, but I listened to the the leftovers audiobook and uh there's this extended scene that happens with uh Jill and someone from the guilty remnant in a chat room you know so they they can use the chat rooms um and when the when the audiobook reader was reading it the audiobook reader was like reading the you know their chat room name every single time before they would say something and it was this extended conversation where they were constantly saying like jill one two three four seven blah 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 uh you know guilty r one three seven five it was like over and over it was it was driving me insane anyway something like that just doesn't play well in audiobook so they didn't have did did they have two actors reading the the no it was just one reader doing the whole thing it was one they were just a person reading basically the book just reading the text exactly yeah so that's why that's why it was like that it yeah would have made sense with more than one person i think but yeah i guess they thought with just one voice like he had to just read who was saying what every time (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's, that's tough totally ridiculous um all right next chapter yeah next file. who's up next shelly johnson yeah start with the johnson family here yeah 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 i guess i guess we stay with that um so yeah i don't know uh i don't know how much we really get out of this uh i mean there's a little background about shelly um you know, there's some stuff about her uh, getting together with Bobby after Leo, and I guess, you know, before Leo as well. Um, uh, and, you know, and about Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, brief uh, mentions of all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know, this all seemed a bit perfunctory to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't anything here that wasn't like you know, something you could reasonably guess yeah. from the series. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I question the inclusion of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like the Leo chapter, because it didn't really reveal anything, you mm-hmm. know? Um, though, uh, was that was that in this chapter? Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a, there's a thing about... Um, there's a thing about Stephen in this book Mm -hmm. and i don't remember what chapter it's in but that 
Oh, it might have been later. It might have been... Now, would it make sense to be anywhere else? There was a thing about Steven later. Where 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 would they have talked about uh, Steven? They talk about Steven when they talk about Gert Gert uh, Gersten. Gersten, yeah. Oh, okay. So in the in the Haywards and Horns yeah, chapter. Man. Okay. Oh, right, cuz she was involved with Steven. Mhm. I forgot. Okay, right, right, right. So there's there's this indication or that maybe the Donna chapter. It might be in the Donna. It was when they talked about the sisters. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's this indication that Stephen was involved in some kind of like big drug deal, um, and then like and then like went missing, you know. And and it was like it was this whole extra thing that was not clear oh. from the show at all. Do you, uh... I don't quite remember that. You don't remember that? I swear, I swear there's a point uh, where where that where that stated that 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 he, he was involved in some big some big to-do. Um, and, like, maybe that expl- like, it went wrong or something, and maybe that explains, you know, why he was so out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here it is. Uh, a warrant for Stephen was recently issued as a suspected accomplice in an international drug running operation. There you go. He's there gone go. missing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. The idea is that he and Richard were involved in the same. Oh, even Richard's thing. involved. Yeah, okay. It said, it said that this literally the next sentence is um, uh, that uh, prom- prominently involved Audrey's son, Richard Horn. Who is, who is still as large and wanted on, among other things, a hit and run warrant. Yeah. Uh, no red, though. No red. <laughs> Nary a mention of red. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's just... That's just gonna stay like it is. Yeah, even it, you know, Shelly gets a chapter and there's no, and then yeah. she met red. Not a word. Not a word about red. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a killer. So yeah, anyway, that thing about Steven, like, um, I don't know, uh, you know, the question of the canon or whatever is always here, but, um, you know, the idea that he was involved in some big thing. Um, well, I, I, I would say, since they also said Richard was involved, and what we know about Richard's involvement in anything like that was, like, he he was talking to Red about some deal that mm-hmm. he ever did any work on. Right, right, so right. So maybe it's just like that where, you know, Stephen was sort of tangentially involved, but like, you know, because he was obviously a user, you know, and maybe right. like trying to sell or something, but it wasn't like anything like, you know, he was really like some kind of crime boss or, you know, right. like that. It just, it sounds crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's not consistent with what they show with Richard, you know, um, you know, but I mean, some of these details aren't, and so I'm just, I don't know, I'm wondering if that is some, if some element of that is in the background of what's going on with him in those scenes, because it, it, you know, it, it seemed like, it seemed like there was some extra thing with him that they never told us about. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that I was new information. Right, and I guess that's the one thing we get out of this this part with Stephen is the idea that like they didn't find his body in the woods. Apparently not. Yeah. Like so, that's the last place we saw him, right? Yeah. 
Is he had the gun and and uh, Gersten leaves and yeah, we gun goes off, and, but we we never see if he kills himself, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Since he's missing, it makes me think he did kill himself. But yeah, that would that would mean he wasn't found, and it is weird. Well, yeah, Mark I mean, Frost himself saw. Yeah, it's not like he was in the woods where no one would find him. He they were they were actually witnessed there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it would have to mean that like Gersten moved the body or something. I mean, it starts to seem ridiculous. He just didn't. He just shot somewhere else. He didn't kill himself, and he he ran away, and then yeah, he's just gone now. I guess you could think that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't clear what was the problem to begin with, so who knows what would fix it? True. <laughs> True. Yeah, that 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 it, it's upsetting. The whole Gersten story was was actually really a tragic story. Yeah, so I I mean I did think that the uh I did think that the the Donna um horn, you know, thing like I did think that that actually did fill a gap that I didn't understand. Donna Horn? Uh yes. <laughs> The Donna and the horn, the Ben Horn stuff, (laughs) you know, um, basically the idea that the, the fallout, the reason why Donna's not on the show, which, you know, is partially just a necessity, but, and also Gersten's situation Mm -hmm. really traces back to the revelation at the end of season two. Yeah. You know, um, like I just it never occurred to me that it was that was actually going to have been that big of a deal. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the underlying truth of the fabric of the family becoming torn is wouldn't affect him? I mean, not to say not to say that not to say that it wouldn't that it would be nothing and they would just like move on with their lives and be fine. Mm -hmm. But I guess I never would have predicted that in a way like their lives totally fall apart. You know, because of that. I just, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> they got a divorce, and then, like, Donna doesn't talk to anyone and moves to New York and, you know, becomes addicted well, to drugs. I got, the and... sense, I got the sense that it, it didn't necessarily have to be that big of a deal. But these particular characters, you know, made it that big of a deal by their choices you know even the idea that like uh doc hayward moved across the country yeah and just like left you know what i mean like i'm like oh yeah you know, I mean, it wasn't like he stayed and wanted to fight for the family or something well that's what surprises me i mean i just yeah. didn't think i didn't think that's where that story would go yeah that's why it felt very tragic because they were all kind of making choices that were making it prolonging the problem you know, yeah. for the, until the reconciliation later. Right. You know, which was nice to, you know, a little bit thing at the end. Right. You know. um, uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was nice. I mean, it, you know. It's... But the connection to Gersten's situation, like, never entered my mind that, oh, maybe this has something to do with Ben Horn being Donna's father. Like, huh? I, I never would have thought like, that. Like, Gersten's fall from grace, the yeah. child prodigy. How did yeah. he be, like, dealing with this, like, low level Steven guy? Exactly. And it's, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's interesting, yeah, that whole, it, and it all, it's all because Ben wanted to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, exactly. He, he ruined all these lives. Tell, and and it even, in a in a small way, goes back to John Justice Wheeler, tell the hard truth first. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> He's like, yeah, tell the hard truth for hardest truth first. I like that. <laughs> no. No, you work up to the hardest truth. That way you do the, the least damage over time. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's that's not a good idea. Oh jeez. Oh jeez, Ben. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to you know get all of these extra details about the characters that you know even exacerbate how miserable their lives are. You know, like there's these extra details about, and you know, it, it, it's you know the fact that like yeah, Ben sort of never really mentions Audrey the whole show. You know, these mm-hmm. ideas that these characters just like had some issue with their their parents or whatever. And then they're just like, well, I'm not talking to you for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, guess I won't be talking to you forever. Uh, it's an interesting pattern uh, of behavior with these pe- people in this town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought overall Donna's, uh, Donna's uh, report was uh, pretty interesting. Um and you know, for a character that was very important to the show, uh, yeah. very important in Firewalk with me, yeah, uh, who got completely shafted in the return, mm-hmm. uh, I thought this was a pretty nice chapter that, like, doesn't you know ruin her character, doesn't like you know like say anything super weird. You know, since she didn't get a sort of final word, you know, in right. the show proper, you know, so it doesn't like, you know, ruin anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a tragic path, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, um, I mean, I think she was asked to return and just didn't want to. Yeah. Um, so I think they, you know, uh, maybe she would have been in New York scenes. She, it's a bit, I mean, she almost is, has the same story as Audrey, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. You know, similar. promising young beauties from broken homes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave their hometowns to venture out on their own. Uh, you know, and like both marry older men. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. certain reasons. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's upsetting uh, that, you know, Audrey and Donna, um, you know, uh, didn't have more of a relationship. Uh, yeah. They used each other's support in these times because they were living similar lives. Right. There, there was a mention that they corresponded a couple of times, uh, but, but no, uh, no details about what it was. Um, anything else about this whole Horns and Haywards? In... Uh. Or should I say case 008-072-0119? Now I think I'm listening to the audiobook. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think, I think, 
that's it. Uh, oh, it does. It does say here on the wiki page. I forgot about this. That the father on Richard's birth certificate was listed as unknown. Unknown. Yeah. So, make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think. Oh, that's... Yeah, we got to talk about the whole major breaks thing and uh, like what what happened with his death or the fake death. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when and how. Oh God, it was way more complicated than yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was a fire at the station. Yeah, it was a little more complicated than that. Oh yeah, that it couldn't just let it be that. It was yeah. yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Um, I did love this list of curiosities. <laughs> Curiosity the first. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. All right, what's the next part? So, I mean, let's see. <laughs> well, okay, so we got... Uh, we talked about Donna. We talked about Audrey. Uh, we talked about Jerry as much as there is. There's a chapter on the double R that I don't even think I remember. <laughs> I didn't actually read that chapter. I don't remember what's in that chapter. It's a long chapter. What the fuck are they talking about for so long? I definitely listened to it, but I don't I don't remember I don't remember specifically what that's covering. Um sorry. Yeah, I was uh, just surprised you to go the double R. What intrigue is happening at the double R? Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of it is probably talking about the the franchising deal, Norma's thing. Ooh, you that, don't say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I like I do remember that, but I I just I don't remember. That was that was the icon next to the to the black horn, right? The franchising deal. Mm-hmm. That was on Hog's map, right? <laughs> It was the the fire and the the you know the uh, what the is black horn. what can you tell me about that hawk oh <laughs> oh Frank <laughs> I can't tell you about that unless you have an accountant present <laughs> uh, we talked about Annie um, there's there's a Wyndham Earl chapter that. Uh, also gives some background on Caroline and kind of explains it goes into some detail. I think it's kind of either rewriting or because I haven't ever um, actually read my life, my tapes, but I know my life, my tapes goes over that material as well. Just the, the incident in Pittsburgh, what happened between Cooper and, and Windermerle and Caroline, how that all played out, you know, uh, how he met him, what happened to Windermerle afterwards it's to me all that stuff was like i don't know i mean some of it was details that i didn't necessarily know from the series because they didn't say them but um it wasn't i don't know there were there weren't any shocking revelations there it was pretty much the story um as i as i thought it was um you know maybe with some mild alterations uh, and details um he mentions caroline was a lawyer i was surprised by that um, but other than that, um, you know, not too much stood out from that chapter. There wasn't a whole lot about Windermere's like more mysterious side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really about how crazy he is, um, and that he sort of 
the idea that he manipulated the situation he wanted to he wanted to drive caroline and cooper together so he would have an excuse to kill them like that's sort of the idea ah um fed rascal i know such a (laughs) such a rascal uh there's a chapter called back in twin peaks i don't remember what's in that chapter um (laughs) um uh uh, sorry i i probably do remember what's in that chapter it's just that title isn't enough to jog my memory um there's a chapter (laughs) on miss twin peaks i do know what's in that chapter which is a very elaborate explanation for why and how uh lana was actually the winner of miss twin peaks even though we all saw that annie won the contest okay and that um is uh, basically it's 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 to make a long story short the story's longer than it needs to be it also includes a lot of details about lana's life afterwards she ends up meeting donna again there's a whole thing she ends up getting involved with donald trump it's ridiculous um <laughs> anyway uh uh, I mean, he isn't referenced by name, but it's obvious that's who they're referencing. Anyway, um, uh, basically, like, when Annie, um, you know, he, he says that, because that was one of the reasons we thought Annie was erased from existence, you know, that, that it was like, no, Lana won Miss Twin Peaks. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? It was like, oh, what's... What? So anyway, she came out, she was in this coma, and he says, like, basically, Miss Twin Peaks had certain, like, formal duties, and because Annie was not able to meet those um, because of her condition, they gave it to the second place winner, who was Lana. Mm. So she officially became Miss, Miss Twin Peaks, even though she didn't win originally or whatever. So this unerases Annie from the Mark Frost uh canon absolutely yeah yeah i mean there's any any chapter i mean yeah he's he put annie back in there uh the norma thing and this sort of like explains how annie was conspicuously absent and yet still it somehow makes sense you know still all of that was valid that's that's the attempt at least um yeah so that's uh so uh, the the all that stuff was kind of tidying up from the mess he made in the secret history um there's a okay so then we get a chapter on dr jacoby where you know it basically just describes his uh you know his evolution into starting the dr amp thing um it's not it's another one of those kind of perfunctory chapters. I wasn't that shocked by his being Dr. Amp. I didn't think it was completely out of character or bizarre or like, I couldn't even imagine how we ever got there. Um, so, you know, filling in that gap. I mean, he, he lost his license and he goes to Hawaii and uh, there's some other stuff. I, it, you know, none of it is, <laughs> is particularly noteworthy, but um but yeah, eventually, eventually he he comes up with this uh, with this idea for this this sort of podcast or something, and it, it does kind of imply that he's gonna he's gonna get together with Nadine later. Um, so if you're curious if there were sparks flying there, apparently according to Mark Frost, there were sparks flying there. Oh, <laughs> when shovels and drapes combine. 
Um, so then we get a chapter on the log lady, uh, which to me was I, again perfunctory. It's there's <laughs> it a little too many of these because the show had like a whole log lady death like moments, very huge uh, that you know they paid a lot log lady got several scenes more than many characters and she got a whole moment where she got a send-off on screen you know this kind of emotional send-off and it just seems like mark frost wanted to write his own um Mm -hmm. uh version of that i guess even though the show should have been that (laughs) to some extent but um yeah i mean you know he just he gives um uh he gives her some final words and their sort of typical log lady vagueness um and not to say it was a waste of time but (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know like i i didn't really get a lot out of it it didn't add a lot to my understanding of her character um, or any mysterious elements that she referenced. It didn't explain the one under the moon on Blue Pine Mountain, <laughs> for example, or why Laura is the one, um, or any of the other vague statements she makes at various well, points. Well, but now we know where her log ended up. <laughs> oh! What uh, has it? Um... Oh right! Like the hawk, he keeps it on his mantle. They did mention that. That's true. So That's hey, true. He says he's keeping an ear open just in case it talks to him. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. You're right. That's, so that's true. That's key. Now that is have... in there. That is in there. Actually, that brings me to the next chapter, which is about Harry, and uh, it basically says that he got cancer again. Uh, this all seems a bit perfunctory. Uh, but he got cancer and, you know, uh, had to stop being the sheriff. And one thing it said that I actually appreciated was that Frank was brought in only as a transitionary measure for like a, a couple of years. He, he was supposed to be a temporary interim sheriff and that Hawk was going to be the sheriff afterwards. Like Hawk will take over and be the sheriff. Nice. Which I, which like we said on the podcast, like that seemed like the natural thing. So anyway, the book basically confirms that that's what's going to happen, or maybe it even has happened by the time the book is written. I don't remember exactly how it's phrased, but uh, Frank's tenure was always intended to be um, just a transition because they wanted a Truman in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it doesn't really fix it completely, but it it helps a little bit. Yeah, it, exactly. It helps on the Hawk point. But it's kind of like, well, why would why would you bring in an outside person for a transition instead of letting the guy who's already inside yeah. just do the thing? Whereas the reality, I believe, is that they wrote it for Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor, seemingly at the last minute, decided he couldn't do it, didn't want to do it. And so they had to rewrite it, but Hawk already had a plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I think that's really why... Um, are a big part of why that's it's that way. But yeah, I agree. It doesn't quite add up, but just the idea that Hawk should be the sheriff, at least there was an acknowledgement there. Yeah, yeah. Because it's true. like, yeah, that's that's clearly what should happen there. This random guy that no one's ever heard of. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry never mentioned he had a brother. He didn't even live in Twin Peaks. Like, he was, he was, um, 
he was working somewhere else. Uh, I forget. They mentioned a specific place. Um. So anyway, that's uh, that's pretty yeah, much. Yeah, with some weird sort of nepotism of like, well, it's totally that. Yeah, we, we we're down one sheriff Truman. He's got a brother that's a sheriff Truman. I guess he can just be sheriff Truman for us too. It's, yeah, it's just kind of like the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I don't think the book says that Harry died. I think he's still uh, still alive mm-hmm. as of the end of the final dossier. So I guess, you know, someday. <laughs> maybe maybe when um, season four comes out, yeah, he'll decide to come out of retirement. <laughs> That'd be, I mean, you know, we've already been given too many gifts with this show, but that would be really pretty insane if uh, if he's like, okay, you know, I saw all the hubbub of mm-hmm. the return. You know, I see what I'm in for now. Like, yeah. Okay, go and do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It seems within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hey, I mean. Josie will finally come out of that knob. <laughs> Yeah, there's not a whole lot. I mean, I say not a whole lot. There's nothing about Josie. Uh, there, there is extensive backstory about Josie in the Secret History, um, where they they talk about her background, her childhood. There, there's a lot of stuff about her early days and how she ended up. You early know, days when she was Jousy. Jousy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How she ended up with Andrew and, and you know, meeting uh, Thomas Eckerd and, you know, that whole thing. Um, that could have just e- as easily been in this book, but I guess, like, the new series doesn't address Josie in any way, so maybe... Yeah, that, that whole thing with, like, the, the Ben hearing the noises... Yeah, nothing to do like, with Josie. Can you believe that they're actually going to, 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 to mm-hmm. get, you know... Josie after all this I mean that was such a cool idea and it was for that to go literally nowhere it was it was just an amorphous noise that has something to do with something guys yeah I mean it it seemed like it was connected with this this weird black lodge other world stuff but yeah I can't get beyond that because you know they they hear the noise in the hot you hear the noise in the hospital in Las Vegas Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's not even specifically connected with the hotel. Yeah. So like, I, 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 I came to assume that it had something to do with the fact that the, um, the door, you know, and the boiler room door, like leading to this hallway, like it was some kind of, it was, it was some kind of effect of that. The fact that that phenomenon was happening there. But I, I mean, there's no reason why that has to be specifically true. Um, <laughs> it just seems like it was, you know, in Cooper's case, there was a connection to, to Mike, and you know, Mike's behind that door, and so, maybe it's Mike's noise. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mike whistling in that room, and that's just what it sounds like. <laughs> He's just waiting and whistling. So. Uh, <laughs> So that was a pretty breezy uh, tour through those middle chapters. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, there if 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 I guess like I guess for me like you know the show makes it real and like all that stuff is 
you know, it's only interesting to me when it's really adding to the show. And, and you know, otherwise it, it kind of feels like fan fiction. And I don't know. It doesn't really do it for me. I think, you know, I got more out of the stuff where they were talking about the new series. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just, again, like we said before, it's because it's Mark Frost's version of what he thinks Tammy thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only means so much. Yeah. Versus, and it's interesting. I mean, I I guess it would be sort of greedy. I don't know, maybe too greedy of an idea. But I feel like he could write a dossier from like a whole bunch of people's perspective. Yeah. And just churn out a bunch of these books about the same subject matter. Yeah. Here's Gordon's version. Gordon's dossier, you think, would be different. Yeah. Yeah, and Albert's version. Yeah. You know, Diane's lost dossier. Oh, man. And like, I feel like he could just have a whole career <laughs> doing books like this yeah. where you just like, you know, it's, it's just sort of like a very like cool, creative writing, you know, <laughs> like of these topics, yeah. with these characters. And he can just kind of like fill in gaps where he thinks is sort of interesting and, you know. Speaking of Diane, I was surprised that Diane is, I mean, she's referenced, but she's kind of only referenced in passing a few times. Like, um, she does even mention that, you know, she was a Tulpa and hanging out with them for a while. But um, I was surprised at how little attention her character got um, in the book. Uh, You know, given the fact that she actually interacted with Tammy probably more than, you know... (laughs) Yep. Most of the people she's talking about here. Yep. Uh, so, and the fact that she had this direct experience, and obviously the stuff with Diane was also connected with Cooper and these larger questions that she's trying to address at the end here. Um, I don't know. I thought, I just thought it was odd that Diane didn't really get any more. Um, I mean, maybe they thought the show was enough, but I thought the show was enough on a lot of these things, so... <laughs> I don't know. The decisions are interesting, I guess. Yeah. About what to what to elaborate on and what to what to just kind of leave like that what the show did was enough. Yeah, I don't think you've made it clear what Tammy thinks happened with Diane, like this whole idea of the Tulpa she references, but like and then the reference that Diane was, you know, in the sheriff station. Right. What does that mean? Where was she before then? What does Tammy think she was before she just reappeared? You know, because if, cause if basically she never met the real Diane. Right. You know? Right. So this other Diane who appeared there was, was somewhere else, you know? So it's yeah. not clear, like, since they don't reference Nido, like, what does she think Diane was this, this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, well, then, of course, you have uh, a nice, hefty chapter with Major Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, with the Major Briggs chapter, that's where they really start to get into the uh, the meatier plot details from the new season, mm-hmm. um, where they're, like, specifically referencing certain things, like the fire at the station, which is a whole thing. Like, I didn't even think to question the fire at the station. And I did think it was interesting and kind of not only, like, you know, sort of... Um, uh, you know, lost ask or something, but it also reminded me of just the podcast of like, well, here's some scenarios that might have happened. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't actually know the answer. No, nope, yeah. It, it is interesting when she would say, listen, it's one of two things. It's yeah. Like, just go, okay, here's the, the realm of possibility of, of what happens. And, it, you know, but it doesn't definitively say what it is. Yeah. So it's like, it's like Major Briggs, maybe he started the fire himself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Mr. C did it. Was Mr. C there or not? Or did he get there too late? Like, and then, I... and then they conflate it with like the 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 wreckage of his car yeah major he faked his own death seemingly but but was that the fire in the car that was the fire that killed him or was it the fire in the station oh right yeah 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 okay you confused that for me yeah 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 it's like it seems more convoluted than it needed to be i I just i didn't i didn't understand why I just, I just didn't think to question it that much. I thought it was just, it was more clear cut of like, you know, uh, uh, I thought Mr. C started the fire um, and a Major Briggs escaped, you know? <laughs> and... That what it reminds me of, it, it, uh, and only you will know this specifically, is um, that that uh, film noir script I wrote uh, many years ago. Um <laughs> Where there's a character who like faked his death with a car going over a cliff, and um, but but there was some other plot that had to do with where he was at the time, and it's it reminds me of that where it's like too convoluted by half, you know, of like right. it doesn't quite add up. Uh, it's like I see what you're doing, but it doesn't quite quite make sense, um, you know. Did he did he fake his death at the station? Or did he fake his death with the car? Right, right, right. And I thought I thought it was just supposed to be. I didn't even think he faked his death. I thought the point was right. yeah. the place right. burned. He escaped, and he wasn't in the real world anymore. And people assumed he died because the station burned. I didn't think he literally meant to fake his death. Like but I, it's the idea that he was he when he left he was he left to hide. You know, yeah. and I guess it does kind of help. It's the idea that you know, Mister C was was trying to kill him for his information, right? So that's why he had to hide, and uh, and I guess that's what it adds. It's, uh, I mean, even though we know, I guess I guess that's part of the real, the issue is that Mister C meets with Major Briggs, right? They agree to that, the show and the book, but they did meet, yeah, before Briggs was dead. But I think yeah. the book is saying that he. Mr. C possibly came back. Yeah. The day of the fire. Yeah. And that's when Miss Briggs was like, "Oh, he's trying to kill me." Yeah. So it's weird that he didn't think he was trying to kill him before when they met. Right. You know, but um. And then he says, "Okay, he's trying to kill me, so I'm going to maybe the fire in the station was to destroy evidence." And then he's like, then I'll fake my death with the car. And then I'll leave. And then, like, Mr. C will think I'm dead. Right, right. Maybe? It could be. It could be. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to the... piece together what she says happened here there there is some there is some discussion of the ruth and hastings contact how that went down what he asked them to do it's a little bit clearer than it was in the show um how that all played out 
Um, yeah, it, they still it, they didn't clear up for me why Briggs hid information that he had at some point, but didn't have when he needed it. So right. he needed Ruth and Hastings to get it, but he knew, you know, but it was something he could have them get, but he couldn't get it for some reason. Yeah, it was like he hid the information in like an easily accessible area, but just that no one would think to look there. <laughs> That's what you do when you're battling a supervillain. Like it was just on a blog or something. It was in some simple. I I, I forget I forget what they said exactly. Well, but... no, it was still wasn't it? It was still had something to do with the military thing, right? No, but I I thought I thought he said that I thought he said that it was it was um it was like hidden in plain sight or something like that 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 you know uh it would be found if he if he left it in the in the military stuff am i wrong i swear that's what it said well it does say it says as we've now been able to confirm, once Hastings and Davenport succeeded in hacking this military database, most likely with clues provided by the Major, and obtained the information he was after, they returned to the same location of the zone a second time, first and delivered to the Major. So... Well, then what am I thinking of? I swear that was a thing Yeah, about... there, there is a thing you're talking about where they say... He, they do mention something about Oh, oh, is the... Ah, uh, now I don't remember again. There's something like you're saying where they he, they mention that he left it in a place that would be accessible for someone else or something like that. Is that is that the original way that they found out how to contact him? Oh, I see. I thought they con- I thought I thought the major got contacted their website. I thought, yeah. Oh yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And then he told them where they could meet in person. Right. Time. Yeah. And then, and then he told them about this thing that he needs them to go do. Yeah, I wish I could search this book. <laughs> I know. What's the control F? I know. <laughs> uh... Well, uh, I'll just mention in passing that um, uh, one thing that is connected to Briggs um but that I was really surprised was actually not referenced in any way whatsoever was Dougie. Uh, I, I believe the entire book never mentions Dougie once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that very strange. Uh, there is a brief reference to Duncan Todd in the section where, you know, she's basically talking about, Mr. C's criminal empire and kind of explaining that he's, you know, he amassed these billions and so on. Like 
there is a reference of Duncan Todd. Mm-hmm. But no reference of Ducky, no mention of uh, the Ducky ring inside mm-hmm. the Major's body, which is an element that the book doesn't explain either. Mm-hmm. And um, then, wait, you didn't see the part where it said, and then Major Briggs swallowed Ducky's ring? You didn't see that part? <laughs> no, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. I must have hit a bump or something when, yeah. uh, <laughs> when that part happened. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's 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 the mystery that still was is a mystery. Uh, no matter how many times they talk about that 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 fateful second second time in the zone, um, when when all kinds of hell broke loose, uh, it's still unclear what happened, uh, and it's still unclear, yeah, how the ring got swallowed or why the ring got swallowed. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Mr. C had the one thing he was looking for the entire show, except for like the very end when it's like, oh, I want the coordinates to find Judy. But, you know, like the whole sort of main thing he wants, it, you know, get the coordinates. He had access to the moment, you know, Ruth died. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll never get over that. And I don't understand. And they, they always gloss over that. Like, like why is that? I need that explained. That was the question I asked Mark Frost on Twitter that he didn't reply to. Was she wearing a long sleeve shirt? I mean, just say that. If that's, if that's all it was. If he just didn't see it. Like, oh, just, man. That would no. be hilarious. <laughs> so it, it, hilarious. It was, she was chilly that night. It was, I'm going to take a sweater. And <sighs> it was a good call in that, in that respect. She may have helped save the world by wearing that sweater. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have found the coordinates instantly and none of the plot would have happened. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I feel like the setup for that plot is, is kind of a mess because there's just there's just no winning with it because, because it's established that he's in the area. He knew about what was happening. It was specifically concerning something he really wanted, his main goal... So he had every reason to be there. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> if he is there, then the whole plot falls apart. Like all that other stuff that happens is totally unnecessary. Yeah. And he could just cut straight to the ending. Because mm-hmm. I think the coordinates that eventually end up being the so-called real ones are the ones from Ruth's arm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. For for sure. Um, though it's hard to be a hundred percent sure, because mm-hmm. of course they chose to phrase the thing about the coordinates in such a confusing way, um, and never to really clarify uh, what went on. But yeah, anyway, like it's yeah. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's almost what they call a plot hole. <laughs> almost, almost. It's very close. Um, <laughs> and, and I feel like they only get around it not being a plot hole by not saying too much about it mm-hmm. you know by not specifying details there's like there's all this room for weird you know oh she was wearing a long sleeve shirt <laughs> it was a chilly night in uh, uh, North Dakota like sure why not why not um, 
I made a couple notes here, I think. Let's Got see. some notes? What I said, I marked something. Um... Oh, so it says, uh, a few days later, when the wreckage of Briggs' car was found at the bottom of a nearby canyon with charred, unidentified corpse inside, and a few of Briggs' teeth conveniently placed nearby, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, wh- whose body is this? Who did Briggs kill to fake his death? Yeah, that's a good question. I thought that was pretty extreme. I was that like, does wow. seem kind of disturbing. And it seems like he, he pulled some teeth out of his mouth and threw it in the wreckage to, they like... Were, they were really his teeth? I'm assuming that's that was the point of how they identified. Yeah, who it was. that's yeah. part of the the thing. I mean, maybe to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, maybe <laughs> he used his military connections to get access to a corpse oh, that was already he, dead. I like to think when, <laughs> when Ruth and Hastings met met the major. <laughs> <laughs> He was missing a bunch of teeth. <laughs> he had like a bloody mouth. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so I got a mission for you. <laughs> it was like whistling through his teeth. Like, we better listen to this guy. He's a little scary here. It's like, I hope these cords lead to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> oh major briggs okay the other thing i wrote um something about let's see oh he desperately wanted those coordinates <laughs> he pursued him uh, across a quarter century even after a public fi- finding that the major had died in that car crash and he never relented if Briggs ever came out of hiding from whatever manner of, quote, space he was hiding in, prior to appearing in, uh, in Buckhorn, we have no record of it. But it's clear that the second time the Major emerged to meet Hastings in Davenport, the double was there waiting for him. So here's, okay, so he's saying, they're saying Mr. C was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. The double... Killed Briggs, Davenport, Hastings, yeah. and anyone else who gets in the who got in the way, huh? Like, what does that mean? Uh, seize those coordinates and head it for their location. That's not true. More or less directly, by the way, of the South Dakota prison and our former confidant. So this is wrong, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's just not wrong. what happened. Like, yeah. he wasn't heading. He, what was he doing? Or was he? <laughs> well, here's the problem. Because he was heading west. Or, or was he heading, was heading east? east? No, I don't remember. <laughs> which one did she say? And which way was he really heading? Should have been heading. The... Oh, God. So this guy, okay. So Ray had the coordinates that he supposedly got from the secretary. Who, why is she even in the picture? <laughs> If the secretary even existed, I'm sorry. to doubt that. Raise an informant. Who even knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, okay, so it starts with Ray. Then Mr. C comes in, and he's trying to get the coordinates. Ray gets himself in prison, which is east of Buckhorn, right? It's in Yankton. Yankton Federal Prison in Yankton. <laughs> and uh, that's on the map that he sees that's east of him. Now, I believe Tammy says... He, he was going west. I think that's correct. 
which didn't make any sense. But he's trying to get the coordinates from Ray, right? He doesn't already yeah. have coordinates. So this is saying that the night Ruth and Hastings died, that that's when he got the coordinates, which would make sense if he saw them on Ruth's arm. Right. Right. You know? So you could say, okay, well, maybe he did get the coordinates from Ruth's arm. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and but he wants all the coordinates he can get because he doesn't know which ones are the real ones. Right, right, right. So he wants the Ruth's arm coordinates, and he's got those this night. And he wants the coordinates from the secretary. Yeah. Which is not Ruth, right? No, no. Okay. Ruth was librarian. Ruth's librarian. Person. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The secretary was killed in a car bomb. It's a totally separate incident. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's the idea is that you know he 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 did get her <laughs> coordinates, and so later when Diane sees the coordinates for Moose Arms in the photograph and texts it to him, that's information he already had presumably. If he got him. Oh, from so Moose maybe Arms, that explains why he's talking about it before seemingly she sent that message you know because he's talking about that i remember that was one of the things uh i was hung up on in that uh episode or that part he was uh the fact that he sends the smile all thing to diane and then she sends the coordinates but we saw that he sent the smile all thing after he already had talked about having the set the multiple sets of coordinates yeah yeah and you know uh richard was already dead by that point so when he gets so when she sends him he he's already has it he doesn't need them anymore because he's already figured out which ones are real yeah yeah i mean i like that could be true i guess <laughs> huh uh, it's not a hundred percent not obviously not true <laughs> So when he did, he did he say I have three sets of coordinates? Yeah. Okay, but then after Diane sends him, then he has four. Then he would have four at that point, yeah. But it, it is possible that I mean he did, according to the timeline they show us, which you know, various problems there, but but yeah, he would have gotten Diane's coordinates after he said that. So, yeah, it it could work technically. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. How does Tammy even know this? Know what? Oh. This perspective of what happened in this meeting. Is she saying this is what Hastings told her? She says, like, based on the findings. I'm not sure what she's saying here. Like, how does she know what she's talking about here? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's speculation, yeah, based on based on findings. <laughs> From things she found. All right. <laughs> oh, I love this thing about the dweller on the threshold. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, here's something I circled. Immortality. Uh, so it says, first question, uh, it's one that all the others lead to. What did the double want if it ever actually made it to this place? Was it, what was it after? Some kind of, um, some kind of form, I'm sorry, some kind of form or even greater power that already appeared to possess. What could that be? Immortality? So I thought that was interesting as, as maybe that's what Mr. C wanted. 
um, through getting to Judy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, that was an extra, because, yeah, it was never clear exactly mm-hmm. what his goal was. Uh, beyond the coordinates. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, coordinates for what, for what, for what mm-hmm. reason exactly? Maybe Judy, but then for why Judy? And then it's like, no clue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, this run on the threshold thing I thought was interesting because it, I'm like, now you're confusing me on what I thought these 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 characters were. Uh, she says that uh, Deputy Chief Hawk once spoke of another spiritual concept that may be related, called the Dwell on the Threshold. Uh, in parentheses, Agent Cooper mentioned hearing about it from Hawk in one of his tapes to Diane. And he says this dweller is said to represent the sum total of all the dark, negative, unresolved qualities that reside in every human being. Okay, so that made me think that, okay, the night that uh, Cooper and Briggs are camping and Briggs goes missing and Cooper sees this, like, figure that he, you know, refers to as a drill on the threshold, this is seeming to say that this is sort of conflating the idea with a doppelganger and saying that that was either... Cooper's doppelganger, or that was Briggs' doppelganger? I always thought Dweller on the Threshold was the doppelganger. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I've always thought that, from the original series, even. But whose doppelganger? uh, The the doppelganger of whoever's confronted, like, everyone confronts their doppelganger. I I thought that was the idea. I thought that was the idea when you go to the Black Lodge. Yeah. When but but I didn't think, I guess what I'm just saying is I didn't think that the actual image that we saw, you know, in the woods was supposed to be like Mr. C or something, you know, was supposed to be Cooper's doppelganger. Because that isn't Cooper who sees it. Wait, what are you talking about? So... There's the shot in the episode when they're camping and then Briggs goes missing in the woods, right? Like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. In the woods. Yeah, yeah. And then Cooper, am I remembering this wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what my memory is is that Cooper later refers to that as a door on the threshold. Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Okay, I thought that's what I, I, came I think. From. I think Dweller on the Threshold is is about is uh, is about yeah confronting confronting your shadow self or the, the doppelganger idea. That's that's what I remember though. I don't I don't remember it specifically enough to be a hundred percent sure. I I didn't think that that hooded figure was the Dweller on the Threshold. Um, okay, I thought that's where that originally came from on the show. I thought it's when Cooper mentioned that. I thought it was when they were talking about the Black Lodge, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly when that comes up. Huh. Okay. I think. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember the scene. I remember the scene. You may, something, something. This world. Cooper, but there are other worlds. It's this long monologue where he describes what this confrontation is like. 
Um, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I guess. Right. I guess there are scripts out there. <laughs> yeah, it says it. It, this is when I think this is Hawk talking about the Black Lodge and the White Lodge, and he talks about meeting your shadow self, and that's the dwell on the threshold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, something else. Yeah, so that seems more or less consistent. Um, oh, uh, another thing. So I, I'm using uh, I'm using Amazon to search through the book, um, <laughs> which is uh, somewhat helpful. So yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up uh, that's really from the Jeffries chapter, but it's not anything specific. It's just the way she addresses Philip Jeffries to Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had me questioning that line that Gordon says where he's like, uh, Jeffries, who doesn't exist anymore, at least not in the normal sense. Like, how does he know that? Uh, the way she writes the chapter, there's no indication that he ever said anything like that or that he has any sense that Jeffries exists in some other form somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, which, well, that, which is that true. Well, that made it seem like he has been in contact with Philip Jeffries. Yeah, and there's no indication of that in the book. You know, and it's and that's a you know a mystery of the show is is who was Philip Jeffries? Who was Ray talking to? Was it tea kettle Philip Jeffries that he was mm-hmm. talking to? Like, and, and, and so, yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, the book doesn't help with that, strangely, even though I feel like that's not, I don't understand why that's a mystery, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, why is there this extra person involved? Like, we got enough to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. There's plenty, plenty, like these, the things about Judy and all that, like, I kind of understand why why that was left up in the air. They're they're not even saying there was an extra person, are they? Uh, Maybe there wasn't, but it's not resolved who that person was. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the connection is there, but it's, it's, it's not solidified what really was going on. Yeah. It's weird to have a Philip Jeffries chapter and not make it clear who, and a Ray chapter, Mm-hmm. And not make it clear who was who was Philip Jeffries and who was Ray talking to. Or... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Ray chapter made it seem like Ray was an FBI informant to Philip Jeffries. Am I crazy? I think that's right. I think I think the Ray chapter was saying basically that Ray thought he was talking to Philip Jeffries. Yeah, so I guess I'm confused about the idea that Ray was an FBI informant. The idea that Gordon would say, or was it Tammy? I forgot who said that, um, that, that Ray was an FBI informant. Because if he was just talking to Philip Jeffries, uh, how would that get recorded in any official fashion? You know, like, he's not, he's not working with the FBI in any direct way anymore. Yeah, I think, I think, well, maybe that's, maybe it's a question of what is it, you know, if he's an, an unofficial FBI informant, you know, if, if Philip Jeffries is 
going around saying he's FBI and has a mission for Ray or something. Well, yeah, so I, that's why Ray could believe it. But then why would that be like in official records? You know, why would that be stated as though it's as though it's a fact? Yeah, you know that that's the that's the thing I don't understand. It says it says Ray believed he had been recruited by and was working for Philip Jeffries. Yeah. Yeah. So, does that fix it? <laughs> no, okay, let let me find let me find the line here. Uh just so I can explain with a little bit more uh specifics. Um let's see if I can find that line here. Uh and we have to talk about the judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. And now this, here's, this is Gordon. This is Gordon saying this. And now this thing of two Coopers. And recently, a paid informant named Ray Monroe sent a cryptic message indicating that the Cooper we met at prison is looking for coordinates. Oh, you're, this is from the show. That's from the show. Oh, I thought you were talking about in the book. No, 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 no. Just how it lines up. That's mm-hmm. That's my... You're That's saying my issue. the show is saying he's a paid informant and the yeah. book is not saying that. It's not clear that he was a paid informant of the actual official FBI and not just Philip Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Sort of gone gone rogue slash gone Black Lodge or whatever happened to him. Well. Yeah, I it just agree. seemed kind of inconsistent, but I guess like this whole monologue, I mean, the earlier part of that monologue is what we talked about earlier about Judy that Tammy doesn't reference. So again, I guess I guess I'm going to call into question that whole monologue if if it was written later or something. Mhm. And that and and that uh, there was some kind of weird different and you know, Gordon suddenly knows about Phil of Jeffries. I mean, could it be true? Could what be true? What if... <laughs> what if Gordon knows... What if Gordon was in on getting Ray to be an informant? Or something. And so it's like, okay, yes. Philip Jeffries recruited Ray. You know, Philip Jeffries, even though he's a tea kettle, possibly, <laughs> told Ray that he's FBI... And was telling them what to do. And Ray was getting money from the FBI through Gordon. Who knew this was part of the plan. And so in that respect, he was a paid FBI informant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. But the way those chapters are written, it, it doesn't seem like Tammy is aware of this. Yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> and so, but given the fact that Gordon makes this monologue, you know... Directed to Tammy and Albert. It's just, but it's not clear from Gordon's monologue who hired him. You know, it's not, it's just saying that. I agree, but there is at least an implication there that she should realize that, you know, that Gordon knows something about Philip Jeffries, which she doesn't really act like, and that 
Gordon probably has some knowledge or connection to Ray Monroe's role here. Listen, Tammy's losing her memory as she goes on here. <laughs> In the middle of the book, you know, she's forgetting those kind of details, like what Gordon knows. She doesn't remember what he knows. <laughs> yeah, did this did this monologue get erased from history? Yeah. Is that what happened? That's one way to fix it. <laughs> Uh, I think I made, let's see, I, I circled a couple things in this chapter, in the Ray chapter. What do they say? I, th- I like this line, as long as we're skating on the thin side of the ice here. I was like, that made me stop, I go, the thin side of the ice. So this, the ice has at least two sides. <laughs> yeah. And one side is thin, and one side, well, I don't know what the other side is, but you, it's probably not thin. Mm-hmm. It could be thin. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not thin if there's a thin side, right? So the other side is possibly thick, uh, at least thicker than the thin side. But I just then it made me think about the density of ice, and I was like, <laughs> how does ice have a thicker side than another? So this uh, this poetry really threw me for a loop here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't like, thin ice, I mean, isn't that just, like, a cliche expression? I mean, isn't, isn't well, the idea... It, it's playing off of the idea of thin ice, right? But it's it's saying something else. It's saying that... I think it's... it's That's why I call it poetry, because it's, like, it's a little bit different than just, like... It didn't say skating on thin ice. The thin side of the ice, right? So the whole point of thin ice is that like, it's a small barrier before you fall into, you know, presumably water, right? If it's, like, an, you know, a frozen lake or something like that. Uh, so the ice isn't thick, right? That's the whole point of thin ice. Right. So, there's, so, so, so the ice doesn't have a thin side. The ice itself is thin, right? So, I don't know. That's, that's why it threw me for a loop, because the idea of, like, one side of the ice is thin, the other side is thicker, well, then how would you ever fall through? There's no peril. You're going to hit the thick side. <laughs> so that's not the that's not the point of thin ice. The whole point is the entire thing is thin. You know what I mean? Both sides are thin, you know? Okay. From the, from the bottom okay, of the sure. water would be thin, too. Yeah, And the yeah, top yeah. of the water. You know what I mean? So both sides are thin with thin ice. Right. That's why it made me stop and think, because I was like, the thin side, huh? What's the other side? <laughs> Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, words. That's what words do. Um, but what I thought was interesting, it says, what if this not only made it possible to go forward in time, but also backwards? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, is that, is that from Ray's or Phil Jeffries? This chapter? is in Ray's chapter. Okay. Uh, they're, they're sort of overlapping to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah, I thought the the book was trying to make an analogy or try to say that what was going on with Philip Jeffries mm-hmm. was related, similar, uh, comparable, etc. Uh, <laughs> to what was going on with Cooper. Uh, at the end, mm. you know. It seemed to me like there was there was intended to be some kind of connection there. And yeah, it seems to me like there they're referencing the idea that, you know, Cooper's going to go back and like try to change the past. 
Oh, okay. That's interesting. But that was my takeaway, at least, because um, there, 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 there's also the idea that uh, when he shows up in the FBI office, Phil Jeffries shows up yeah. in the FBI office, and he, he's pointing at Cooper and saying, who do you think yeah. that is there? Uh, that he's sort of, like, thinking about the future, you know, that's why oh, he would that's be what confused. I, yeah, so that's why I thought. That's why I circled it because I thought. So they're they're saying that, because um, see, I always thought the idea was that Philip Jeffries, you know, when he's in Argentina and he checks in at the hotel and he gets the note about Judy, that, you know, that's that that's like two years before he shows up in Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. When when he's like, uh, you know, when uh, Gordon says you've been missing for two years, right? Yeah. So he goes to the future. Yeah. But I thought when this line about going backwards in times, and then they go, could that explain the shock and dismay Jeffries ex- exhibited in your office when he learned what year it was? The idea that Jeffries actually came from the future instead. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I never thought he had come he had come from the future. I thought he came from the past. Right. That's why he was shocked. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting throwing that in there. Um, the going backwards in time. So like some so somehow he went to the future mm-hmm. <laughs> and then experienced some things and then came back in time to Philadelphia. Right. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they say investigators found a matchbook in Monroe's pocket. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. There's a whole thing about the Dutchman. Oh, wow. Can, I can't believe he did this. <laughs> this was unnecessary. Like, I was perfectly fine with what the Dutchman's was. Me too. Yeah. I did not, And he just came and knocked it over. He came and was like, oh, by the way, that was a real place once. Right. <laughs> like, Damn it. Now what does that mean? Like, like this is... I, I literally wrote in the book Langoliers question mark like is this a Langolier hotel like this is a version of it from the past and it's just sort of always stuck in the past and weird entities live out there or is it or is it a, you're time traveling when you go there and you're going back to when it was really there right and that's the real world right and you know Philip Jeffries is really there in the real world as a te- you know what I mean like kind of seems it's like completely, it could go either way. Yeah, I completely threw that up in the air. I didn't yeah. appreciate it. it. It was weird to say that was a real place. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found that bizarre. And of then, all like, the things to elaborate on. Yeah, and then like Dillinger was there. And it's like, come mm-hmm. on. Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Did Elvis show up too? Like, <laughs> you know, it was super important. We get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's one of those celebrity tie-ins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, I thought that was kind of uh kind of weird. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, it, it, you know, it makes me think of the convenience store. This idea of these like locations mm-hmm. becoming supernatural vehicles or something. Yeah. 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 I don't think there's anything about the convenience store, though. I don't remember any mentions of the convenience no, store. I but I don't think Tammy ever knew anything about the convenience store. I'm surprised she learned about the Dutchman's, but I guess it's because Ray had the thing in his pocket. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason. And she could, like, Google, you know, yeah. the information. 
Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Tammy. <laughs> All right, today. Oh, you are, are we there? We're today. Wow. So what happened today? Well, the lights went out and came back on. Oh, right. Oh, today is... Uh... Uh, oh, no, 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 that's not today. Anyway, sorry, that was a while ago. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Today is Tammy talking about, I guess, um, the big scene at the end of the sheriff station. Right. Uh, you know, she's, she's talking about... But that's not know, the real today. She gets to that later. Anyway. Oh, there's a real today? Yeah, yeah, there's a real today. Oh, you mean like right now? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a today and then there's like a right this second. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Later today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she talks about, um, you know, the double um, uh, fading away, uh, mm-hmm. not quite mentioning the woodsman. Oh, uh, she doesn't mention the woodsman? No, I don't believe she mentions the woodsman. Okay. Um then she talks about uh, this uh, something black and spectral floating out of its body and up through the ceiling. And then she mentions, you know, the Cockney kid with the green mm-hmm. glove. Uh, so, you know, she truncates a huge sequence. Uh, yeah. Line here. But uh, I thought that was interesting that it's, you know, it's not like this, you know, hey, chief, you know, Bob, you know, uh, Bob came out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So right. it seems like no one really in the room either had, you know, after sort of Cooper disappears, you know, with, with, uh, with, with, uh, Gordon and Diane, yeah. like presumably this timeline goes on according to the book. Right. And, uh, but no one sort of is able to really elaborate on what that thing was that was black and spectral. So, you know, no one was like, Oh, that was Bob. That was Bob. Yeah. So it was just sort of this, this thing. And maybe they, you know, Maybe from, you know, maybe besides, you know, maybe the, the onlookers couldn't even really tell there was a face in there, you know? Right. Maybe, maybe, depending on, you know, how that thing is. Yeah. Um, so they just saw this this orb sort of doing things. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess there's only a few of those characters who could have even recognized Bob's face. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Hawk showed up pretty late in the game. Um, uh, Lucy and Andy... I, mm-hmm. I don't know that Frank would even know what Bob looks like. I mean, oh. he wasn't around. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of, James, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Cooper, obviously. Well, um, they they you know they, I think they have the 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 drawing of Bob right in the in Laura's files, right? right? So they could at least see you know that's a, you know possible if you. Since they did go through the files, or at least they started going through files. That's true. That's uh, true. I guess we don't... Do we know how far they got into that before, like... I guess they... Did they say, like, okay, we went through everything and there was nothing? I mean, they had all the stuff laid out and there were a few scenes of, like, where are we supposed to look? What are we doing? Yeah, blah, but blah, did blah. they ever, like, actually wrap it up? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think once uh, once Hawk found the diary pages, like that that was over. That was they, they didn't reference it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. So I wrote here. Let's see. 
It says after Cooper. Okay, so yeah, she's talking about this whole last scene, and she says then the lights go out, and you and Cooper apparently apparate uh, to the basement of the Great Northern Hotel. So that that was interesting that you know they they see the lights go out. Yeah, um, like we did. Like we did, you know, it makes me think of the end of the show, you know, when the lights go out mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, presumably that means that doesn't mean that that's the end of that reality. Yeah, uh, it looks like the, light, the lights can come back on. Yeah. Um, so that that I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and it says after a brief exchange, Cooper vanishes in the dark down a long corridor that isn't actually there. Uh, now that. I don't know how she knows that unless uh, Gordon told her. Must and be. why she's telling Cooper this. I mean, sorry, why she's telling Gordon, Gordon this. Gordon something he already, yeah, told her. Yeah, yeah. In, in a way that doesn't make it sound like, you know, he already knows That's this. who she heard it from? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then she says the lights came back on and you're left standing with the Horn Brothers in a boiler room. So, you know... He knows this because she's saying you know this. <laughs> right. It's interesting. Um, but I didn't understand why she said the Horn Brothers in a boiler room. Yeah, there's no way that's possible. I mean, unless they time traveled or something. Uh huh. Because uh, Jerry was in Wyoming. Uh-huh. Uh, so it must have taken some time before he could have, you know... I mean, Ben was there. I guess conceivably Ben could have shown up at some point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. The Horn Brothers? Yeah, it's weird. Rewrites? <laughs> you know what? You know what that makes me think? Changing oh, my God. You know what that makes me think, Pat, the original idea was? Maybe, maybe, uh, the original idea was that Ben and Jerry were going to investigate the noise in the hotel. And then that would have led them to the boiler room. Uh, oh. Right when this whole crazy thing happens. And then they brought Ashley Judd in. And then it's that they're like, oh. Because Jerry has to say, it's the same kind of thing Jerry does. He sort of is on a spiritual investigation. Right. A supernatural nature. Right. Uh, but they just give him like this other thing that leads to Mr. C. Right. Instead of giving him this thing that leads to what Cooper's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That they that they would have actually found, that would have been like the source of the noise. That could, yeah. which it was, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, interesting. Uh, I should write my own dossier. I, I wish I could get my hands on the original script. I wish I knew. Right. I wish I knew what the what the plans were, mm-hmm. and what the rewrite rewrites were. Okay, so then we get into probably the most controversial part of the book, I think, uh, which is, you know, Laura did not die. Mm-hmm. So really confirming that this timeline... Well, I don't I don't know exactly what it's confirming. Um, I guess not only did the timeline that Cooper vanished from continue to exist after the lights came back on, but it was affected by the changes, at least over time... Of, of of Cooper changing the past. Strangely, not immediately, Strangely because immediately. there there is a point um, where Tammy references Laura being dead, and uh, when when she said that, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Laura's still dead." Say that. Oh God, 
I it was earlier in the book. I mean, it's just somewhere earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't super highlighted or anything, but it was just it was referenced that you know that Laura was murdered, Laura was dead, et cetera, et cetera. Just kind of confirming mm-hmm. uh, what happened. It will probably take me forever to try to find it because I don't have a clue where it was. It could literally be anywhere. Um, but I I made a you know I was I was uh, I was writing tweets about it as I was going through the thing, and when I got to that part, um, where where she talks about uh, Laura being dead, and I say she talks about it, she just references it. It's not like it's. It's like she has an extended discussion about Laura's death or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, oh, so that means actually the that timeline was not changed. Laura's still dead in this timeline. And like Cooper changed a different one. Like that's what it had me thinking. Mm-hmm. Until I got to the end. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I see. The point here is that is that somehow, like, he did change that timeline, the one they're in, but the memories are, I don't know, gradually fading, and it seems like they they, they faded in Twin Peaks first. Um, it seems like, it seems like, yeah, there's something with how memories work when you change the past that they're really fuzzy and hazy, and you can't quite figure out what you remember. Because it's kind of how Carrie was when Cooper was trying to make her remember her past and she sort of kind of remembered, you know, but it was mm-hmm. easy, you know, and, and yeah. they're, they're doing that thing where it's sort of, it, you, you don't think you don't, you won't even know your memory has changed unless someone prods you about it. And then you'll remember, then you'll realize, Oh, it's kind of like dark city, you know, mm-hmm. that was sort of a, a big part of the, the, the plot in that movie where like, um, there's sort of this idea of you, you're sort of not noticing the false reality until you're confronted with the idea of it. Then you're like, oh, wait, I actually can't prove this. Oh, okay, huh. Yeah. Um, you know, and this this idea that they think they know what happened. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It also makes me think of Gordon will remember the unofficial version. Mm-hmm. Um, like, number one, why is that true? Why do you know that? Number two, you know, d- does he? <laughs> I mean, or is this going to happen to him too? Is he just going to watch people around him? I don't know. Is it Was his experience, uh, did that somehow make him immune from this? Like, I don't know. I'm confused about that whole thing. Like, why, why would Gordon specifically remember? Um, but I do think one thing that, this did clarify is yeah sort of the wait i'm sorry go ahead the status of of cooper's actions like the direct impact that they had on you know the characters from the new series not just like creating a new reality yeah um but it calls into question you know because she doesn't discuss it because clearly she doesn't know anything about it calls into question what happened to cooper after you know, uh, Diane uh, meeting him, uh, the curtain call, the uh, the uh, four four three zero uh, J- uh, Richard and Linda business. 
You know, like, how does that fit in? Like, why is... That was all after the dossier would have been written, I think. If it's, if it's, if it's the same reality, you know, then why is there, why are there different versions of people there? Well, they definitely cross over to a different reality. So there's the changing past, which, which you could maybe say the book is saying that they still... They, so it's, it's a both same, and. It's a, oh, of course, it's a David Lynch. It's a both <laughs> and. So they, they change the past of the original reality. I guess and that's the idea. Separate, and they go to a separate reality. And that's where Laura is, coincidentally? Or was there even a third reality? I think Laura gets taken from the past of reality one and is taken to the past of reality two. And then when, when, when you know, decades later, when uh, Cooper, you know, comes out of the Black Lodge and re- meets Diane... And they cross over to reality two. They cross over in the sort of the present or the future of reality two, where that young Laura has lived, you know, her life. She she sort of forgets she's Laura. She thinks she's Carrie. She lives her life as Carrie for several decades until Cooper knocks at her door and says, "You're actually Laura." Mm-hmm. And then they go to. Uh, then he's trying to take her back to Twin Peaks in reality too. Right. And then he's like, oh no, this is the right house and presumably the right reality, but the wrong time, maybe. Yeah. Or it's the right time, but the wrong reality. Oh, and he yeah. Wanted, he wanted the present of reality one, which is where Judy is. Right. I guess. Yeah. I guess that was part of the goal. Uh, that reminds me, that's the other connection I felt like the book was making, which was between Philip Jeffrey's situation, wondering what year it was, or being surprised at what year it was, yeah. and Cooper's final line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, about, yeah, about what year is this. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it, it, it made it seem like, like there was some kind of... Uh, yeah connection between their experiences well that's that's a big thing with the with the show for sure right is this this concept of the of the fbi agent who goes after a missing woman and sort of unlocks the gates of hell basically (laughs) you know stumbles upon you know a realm of reality he could never have imagined and it consumes him and he's lost yeah unable to really confront the challenges he's presented with yeah, um, it's it's like the anti-hero story, you know. It's it's not like the dra- it's not like the hero goes in the cave and fights the dragon and wins. It's like it's like it's like the hero like turns into the dragon or something <laughs> and kills himself and right and is lost in the cave forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was never a hero to begin with, you know. Um, what time is it, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that whole idea, you know, of uh, Agent Desmond, too, you know, uh, going after Teresa Banks and sort of stumbling across the ring and getting lost in all of this ca- craziness. And uh, so that that was kind of an interesting, you know, sort of um, re- recurring uh, sort of storyline on the show with uh, those three guys. Yeah. Uh, have that that whole thing and and you know sort of gordon in a way you know mm-hmm. uh is a little bit of that uh obviously not having the worst fate uh, as the other guys right but... his vision of laura is never 
explained just, or just that. Just he has this 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 crazy vision of Laura, and it doesn't prompt him to change anything about his behavior. He doesn't talk about it. There's no indication. Yeah, like you said, that anything he does is because of that. Um, it's not clear why it happens or what it means no. at all. No. <laughs> It's not clear he remembers it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was it? It was after that scene that he we see him drawing the little animal, right? Or was, was he drawing it? the animal before? Uh, yeah, I thought it was before, and then he answers the door, and that's and that's when he has the vision. Okay, yeah. I always want that to mean something. This idea that you know we we take time out of this whole eighteen part show to show David Lynch drawing something. And I, I really want what he's drawing to matter. And then, it you know, right after that, we see this whole Laura thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, did that mean anything? You know, like, you know, was that, was he drawing, was he drawing something like the, the frog moth thing that went into young Sarah Palmer? I mean, was that, and that's a, relate to the Laura orb somehow? You know, like, does it matter what he was drawing? But, uh, you know, it's sort of exacerbated by this whole, you know, idea that we didn't get anything more with why he even saw that vision of Laura, what they even meant. Right. Where did it even come from? I mean, at this point, where is she? <laughs> right? I mean, at this point, I guess Laura is, has been taken from the Black Lodge, right? And, uh, and is, is somewhere. At what point? When, when Gordon sees her in the hotel. Oh, right. A vision of her that overlays on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever she was during that time period, which is not clear. But it it it, it would have been after, because this is after Dale did all the stuff in the Black Lodge and Laura was sort of taken mm-hmm. out of the Black Lodge. So so she's not, you know, so she's sort of not in the Black Lodge. She's wherever she was mm-hmm. after, that, right? Like yeah. So it's just weird to think, like, where was that coming from? Like, is that from Laura in another reality projecting across to him? Is that, you know, is that the Laura that Dale took from the past or something? You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they didn't really address it, so it's unclear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the past version of Laura. It was the past version of her, yes. For what that's worth. But, yeah, I, I, you know. Um, yeah, it says, when I spoke to our good friends at the sheriff's station about this, um, they all got a slightly dazed and confused expression on their faces when I brought it up, as if they were lost in a fog, having trouble recalling unable to fully wrap their minds around what had happened so very long ago. Uh, so yeah, the idea that uh, they don't really remember some of that stuff. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get the line here that Sarah's middle name is Judith. <laughs> uh, so just in case you're wondering if she's Judy. Uh, then we got this thing about, yeah, the, the nuclear test bomb was codenamed Trinity. Uh, so I thought Trinity, Judy, Bob, Laura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then there was this thing here where it says uh, Teresa testified, I'm sorry, Ronette testified that uh, Laura had wandered off into the woods before she, Leo, and Jock entered the railroad car. And I was like, really? Oh, he fucked that up. I was like, no cabin? Yeah. Like, didn't they? were never in the railroad car. Yeah. Did they? So instead of like, instead of going to the cabin, they're like, well, we'll go to this railroad car and party. Yeah, I yeah, he got that. confused about what happened where. Because, yeah. yeah, this they they never made it there. The railroad car was the murder scene. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. That was very strange. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, too, that she says, you know, uh, the, the it's sort of the, the, pa- the records of the past say Laura didn't die. So it's like, you know, the, the changes are going to ripple through time or something. And then eventually, you know, everyone will, you know, it'll all be the, you know, finish changing or something. Mm-hmm. Never remember this or something. Yeah. Um, oh, I, so, oh, that's the other thing I meant to mention is that like, it is explained that uh, although uh, Laura wasn't murdered, she disappeared. I think that was discussed on the podcast at some point, the idea that that's how they would perceive it. Yeah. You know, that, that Laura just disappeared one day. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, nonetheless, Cooper came to Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, and I thought, you know, if I remember correctly... When Ron, you know, it still confirms that Ronette was found on the railroad tracks. Was mm-hmm. was that across state lines? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was the original reason why the FBI got yeah. involved. Yeah. So I think that could still be true. So even though it's not that Laura died, it's still like a crime across state lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's a more minor one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also that he went into the Black Lodge. Um, like all that stuff still happens, mm-hmm. you know, disappeared. disappeared. Right. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a way of trying to get around the, um, you know, the time travel paradox problem of if he, if he, if he changes the past, then maybe the things he did to lead him to change the past won't happen anymore. Well, it's interesting. I guess he can really, in a way, he can have the same investigation it can go the same way. She's just not dead. She's just missing. So he's going to be asking sort of the same questions. There's not the same sort of evidence of like, you know, the, the body and the murder scene and, mm-hmm. and some of that kind of stuff. But cause I'm thinking like in order for him to still go into the black lodge, you'd want the time, the time that he goes in there to be the same, you know? So, so if he spends, you know, however long it is for the investigation, like nine months or however long it's supposed to be, um, you know whether whether she's murdered or disappeared. I guess you could think he could still spend the same amount of time there. You know, trying to find her. I guess right. And maybe it's more it's a more urgent situation or something. Right. Uh, if he thinks the clock is ticking. But then he'll just give up at some point. Oh well, he'll just get lost in the thing. He'll just get yeah. That's right. Uh. Right. Um, uh, another thing they mention is, uh, that Leland killed himself. 
Uh-huh. They did say that. Uh, a year later, basically. Um, so that sort of semi-resolves the, well, yeah, the Leland problem. But, well, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it may, I wrote here, Bobby race from past. Well, what? that's, yeah, that's what I was wondering. If Leland was still alive for a whole year after, um, roughly, after Cooper emerged, uh, you know, plus or minus a month uh, from the Black Lodge, then, uh, yeah, could, was Bob in two places at once? Or what you're saying? Yeah, I, I'm thinking it means that bob wasn't in leland when he killed himself that does seem more likely yeah that it was along similar lines maybe to what happened in the series like that uh once bob was gone he remembered what happened and you know felt guilty about it and killed himself something like well, that. well if i'm not mistaken it was also a year was it an also a year on the show between when he killed Teresa Banks and when he remembered? Teresa Banks, yeah. Yeah, Teresa Banks was a year earlier. Yeah, so maybe that's what this is kind of kind of going off of too. Like another, you know, he remembers his his <laughs> his crimes in a year. After a year. <laughs> yeah, it takes about a year for for it to get to him <laughs> to where he remembers and has to do something about it. <laughs> I mean, I assumed he remembered that whole time, but what do I know? Clearly he didn't. He was delusional. I thought I thought it was I always thought he knew it was me. No, I thought it was um I thought it was that Mike's wearing the ring and the ring reminded him of Teresa. Not to say he didn't like remember Teresa. If that makes any sense. I, well, I thought the whole reason he's freaking out is because he's remembering all the horrible stuff that Bob... Well, see, this is operating on the theory that there's a wall between Bob and Leland. And then when Bob's in control, you know, Leland's not remembering the things that Bob is doing. You know, the sort of plausible deniability of this sort of delusion, right? Like, he's not really responsible for what Bob is doing. Um, now, I, 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 of course, can't reconcile that with, you know, I always thought you knew it was me. I think that's just a better line in the moment, regardless of how the show has portrayed anything. That think, line really... Yeah, I think it, regardless of if it, you know, you just have to write that line, like, you know. So... It's like yeah. that Dogen Lennon thing from Lost. Like, uh -huh. just, like, running in at the last minute and, like, calling into question the whole plot... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i see what you're saying it, it makes more sense dramatically yeah i thought the ring was make was was breaking the hold that bob had over him and like the real leland was, was 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 sort of being tormented by you know sort of reliving what he had done mm -hmm. uh but it, it it just you know again as we talked about it's it's unclear really at the end of the day the Bob Leland difference. And when yeah. Sometimes you can point to, you can say that's definitely Leland. There's sometimes you can point to say that's definitely Bob. Yeah. But what, who remembers who and when and where and how mm -hmm. about what? And there's sometimes where it's like not clear. Like, yeah, maybe this is Leland. Maybe it's Bob. Maybe it's a little of both. 
Yeah, maybe they're both driving the car. Maybe sometimes they switch the wheels. You know, some maybe sometimes it's you know you can be uh, you know you can be a passenger, but you can be awake, so you'll remember the journey. And maybe sometimes you'd be a passenger and be asleep, and you won't remember the journey. So maybe like the 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 horrible stuff, Leland doesn't remember off the top of his head. But maybe the more minor stuff he remembers about, you know. So maybe there's gradations there about yeah. the levels of um, you know deny deny denial he he's in with that stuff and how he has to sort of deal with. Um, you know, it was effectively a sort of psychic parasite. Um, <laughs> right. Um, you know, battling his brain. Right. Uh, I wrote this down. They're talking about, uh, I believe this is talking about Sarah's childhood. Mm. And um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess we pretty much said it, but the book does uh, make pretty much as clear as it could be that uh you know that she was the girl in the uh oh did i bury the lead the new mexico yeah kind of but yeah i I mean i think we pretty much said it earlier but like it spells it out in a way that the show really didn't that she was there she was in that town when that incident happened she was in her room she passed out when the thing happened like everything's there for like that to be her yeah they they really and I bet David Lynch hates that. I bet he, I bet he hates specifying that something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because it uh, was definitely not done in the show very deliberately. Yeah, they could have I, easily called that young Sarah Bomber. Yep. Totally, totally, and and young Leland or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and that would have made some sense too if they both got infected at the same time or something. Yeah. You know, they both That's became true. hosts for this thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, this line threw me just again. I, I don't know why, but it, but them trying to shoehorn and make this work, because I guess maybe it's stated somewhere else that she was born in Bellevue, Washington. Um, <laughs> so they yeah, it could be the Tony Access Guide or something. Yeah. It says I searched all the way back to her childhood in New Mexico, where the family moved. Months after her birth in Bellevue, Washington. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? How do you move somewhere after you're born? I was like, what, did, what does that mean? Okay, she's born in Bellevue, Washington. But then she moved to New Mexico. Something about this really made confused me. Uh... And I don't know what it is now. It seems like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, maybe a bit contrived. But, yeah, I think it seems like it makes sense to me. I don't know. People move. Yeah, there was something about the wording here that confused me when I originally read it. I guess I made sense of it. Um, but, yeah, so this whole thing, the thing I wrote down was, uh, let's see. This is a page of the bomb. Uh, it says, uh, two of the people named in that account lived in the Novak's neighborhood. Sarah was one of them. According to her parents, they found Sarah unconscious and unresponsive in her upstairs bedroom. She came around in the back seat as they were rushing her to the hospital. Uh, according to the newspaper report, emergency room doctors found nothing wrong with the girl. It was the same as all those others they looked at the night. The paper suggested it was close to a dozen people. And she was released after cursory examination. 
this made me think of the sick girl that Bobby saw in the car. Mm-hmm. And it made me think if like uh, if that was some sort of callback to that. Um, that I don't know this the the idea of the sick girl right know, in in a car with you know sort of like um um you know sort of being being in a hurry to get somewhere right <laughs> being sick that's all I got <laughs> yeah yeah no I see, I see what you mean I see what you mean it's interesting that they didn't find anything mm-hmm. uh, somehow so, it was invisible to their. But, but 12 people got frogs in the mouth? See, I don't know if we're supposed to think they all got frogs. Are we? Maybe we are. I don't know if we are, though. Like, they, they didn't show us 12 frogs. Like, she was the only one they showed with the frogs. We like, they saw showed other multiple people. eggs, but we only saw one frog. Yeah, and they, you know, they only showed the other people passing out. But maybe we are supposed to infer that if it was only... See, I thought it was everyone who was listening to the radio, but this does make it seem like it was just certain people. Um, I So this also specifies... I think this was a super small town. I, if the book is right, the book suggests that this was a town for people's families who worked at the airbase. So, right? I think okay. It says that. So this wasn't like a regular like, small okay. town. This was a special community that I think would be like way smaller. So uh, maybe the twelve were all the people listening. So the twelve could have been the people listening. Okay, okay, because that is what I originally thought. Um, but yeah, like the mechanic and like some mm-hmm. woman in a diner. Like, did did they all did they all get frogs? God, that's tough. I really don't know. I really don't know. Because, yeah, we only saw one. Mm-hmm. And I assumed it was just about Sarah, you know? I didn't think these other people... I don't know. Like, is it just a side effect? I mean, there's just no way to know. Well, yeah, what does that mean? Is it Can Judy be in multiple people at once? Mm-hmm. Uh, is... Is... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not clear what Judy even wants out of any of this. So, uh... <laughs> right, right, yeah, totally. She's even less uh, clear than well, uh, Mr. It, C. I mean, if you're telling me that that Judy was in Sarah Palmer all these years, while while the Laura Orb was in Laura, I guess. <laughs> and I don't know what Sarah or Judy wants, but it seems like they had it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I'm confused about why, what they even are doing in the story, besides being objects of Mr. C's desire, and I guess the Blue Rose Task Force, uh, but I'm confused, yeah, I don't understand, like, what they're doing, um, what, what, Mm -hmm. what did Judy want, why come to Earth, why, why spend all this time, you know, and it's weird, too, because I was fine with what the show said about Bob. Listen, he they gave us the sense he was this, like, centuries-old entity that had, uh, you know, um, possibly unknowable origin. Um, all that mattered when he, when he was he was sort of old and that, you know, ancient uh, and that um, he could inhabit people. And that we know from Philip Gerard that, that they spent time killing and, and, and having, you know, mayhem and chaos. 
and that at the end of sort of Bob's little part in the story, uh, the main part of his story, he was inhabiting Leland and torturing Laura and Leland and everybody else. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that made sense to me. Um, but uh, I feel like it's different if they're saying that um, that it came that he sort of came from experiment or something because uh, then it's not clear what he wants you know right because it's like okay well you came here for something what'd you come here for well, and then the book kind of walks it back a bit by seeming to imply that, you know, maybe he's this Baal, Beelzebub, mm-hmm. you know, character that, you know, that is also really old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it isn't that he was created in 1940, whatever that was. But she's wrong about that, right? <laughs> because... Well, we saw where Bob came from. Did we? <laughs> well, we saw something. Um, so are you are you suggesting that Bob was around in the Sumerian times, and then he left, and then and then he came back when we saw Mother spit him out by the experiment? I mean, out? it doesn't really right. make sense, but yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. This was this was Bob's second trip to Earth. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. The 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 bomb drew him back. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> I don't really know why, but. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the uh, maybe maybe the it's the woodsman who got Bob to come back. So maybe they're like, oh, hey, Bob. You know the the, the Earths. To set off a bomb, so they're ready for you to come back now. Mm-hmm. And come on back now, you hear? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the idea. So they're just like scouts. Right, right, right. They're like international, or it's inter- like it's like the prime directive thing. Like, like I'm not gonna make contact again until they discover, um, you know, atomic weapons. That's it. It's a supernatural prime directive. <laughs> we won't <laughs> we won't inhabit a species unless they have created nuclear technology. It's the least you can do. Yeah. Inhabiting a species. Just had to wait. No, yep. no, no. It's not time yet. It wouldn't be right. Mm-mm. That's when they get the fire. I don't care what the Romans can do. <laughs> it's not enough. Sorry, Romans. Yeah, nice try. Good luck next empire. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else in this chapter here? I mean, they're, they're, obviously, you know, we're we're not going into too much detail. There's a lot, a lot of little little bitty things here, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, because the, the status of it is, is not clear, um, you know, other than, like, it's Mark Frost's book, and, yeah, it's from Tammy's perspective, so, you know, that that limits it in certain ways. Um, 
I do think it's somewhat insightful in terms of the thought process behind some of the storylines in the show, and so that's interesting, but... You know, a lot of these little details, like, I don't know, to me, they're not real until, you know, it reminds me of, um, what's that internet thing? Pix or it didn't happen. Like, until it's actually in the show, for real, because I feel this way about The Secret Diary, too, and, and My Life, My Tapes. Like, to me, that stuff is, like, just kind of quasi-real, and so, like, the detail, details of it don't matter that much to me until yeah. they appear on screen. That's why I, I didn't really want to read Secret History and I was sort of reluctant to read the final dossier because when I think about what happened in the show, I don't want to be confused about what I read and these sort right. of non-quite-canon things. Yeah. Um, so it is it is totally going to get merged in my head. I'm going to be like, yeah, remember that scene when Audrey had her beauty parlor <laughs> and uh, Donna came over and said, I'm going to New York to be a bottle. <laughs> 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 don't you remember that scene yeah it was great <laughs> yeah yeah i i i hope i hope i can separate those things but yeah it's true sometimes sometimes it, it merges and it's uh, yeah it's a so corrupting influence i want to talk about um the final thoughts chapter oh okay uh, i felt it was it, in a lot of ways, really excruciating to read. Oh uh, man, it was uh, listening to it was. Uh, it, it was so. It was just pontificating. Oh my god. To, to, to warp ten, and uh, and out of nowhere too, like the tone was so completely different. Yeah, from yeah. Anything in the rest of the book, it was like, what? Why is Tammy? Suddenly... It's like she's dying or something. Yeah. It's like it's like her her she's like losing something and so she's on the precipice of like these big questions and mm -hmm. and uh yeah I, it, it makes sense in the idea of like the work she put into this dossier and so sort of this is getting to the end and now she's looking back at everything she's learned but yeah but there's no like ramp up to that mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's just how the book is laid out so you just turn the page and she's just like Boom. questioning like all reality yeah what is the evil here's my favorite part is the evil in us real? Is it an intrinsic part of us, a force outside of us, or nothing more than a reflection of the void? How do we hold both fear and wonder in the mind at once? Does staring into the black darkness offer up an answer or resolution? What does it what does it give give us to hold on to? Does it reveal anything at all? I mean, that's deep, right? <laughs> um <laughs> so here's a part i thought was really interesting i'm being facetious it's, it's not that deep um the, the part i thought was interesting is it got kind of meta with in terms of what we were talking about with this book and how to place the book and how to place what's in the book and, at, and the book is like basically telling us some ideas of what we should think about that um so it's it's sort of at the second to last page says, uh, uh, it says, Chief, this has changed me. You predicted that, and I should have known you'd be right, but you can't know what you don't know until you do. It's because you've already been through it, I think. Does this feeling end? Can you tell me, uh, can you tell me you come out of the other side to some kind of understanding, or do I have to take 
that as another article of faith. So I thought that that was really sort of telling. Yeah. Uh, you know, after reading this, do we come out of uh, the other side with some kind of understanding? Or do we have to just take the things we've read as article of faith? Right. <laughs> just literally says it here. Um, uh, and, oh, here it is. Here it's, it's like double down on the idea here. Uh, it goes on to say, there's only one redeeming feeling I can cling to, provided I ever get that far. And I'm not saying that I'm here yet by any stretch. But when it's all stripped away and you realize you're the only one who can put the pieces together... Uh, sorry, put the pieces of yourself together by yourself alone. No easy answers from uh, a book, <laughs> song, or movie, or the reassuring words of someone older and wiser. I don't know, Mark Frost. Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, like, man, you just, like, really, you, you should have signed it, Mark Frost. It really. Like, it just stripped away any sense of, like, you were reading anything but, like, what this book is. Right. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny by the end. It's it definitely just... seems more like Mark Frost than Tammy at that point. Yeah, and he's, and just this idea of saying, like, I don't know, just, like, the end of a story being about, like, uh, you know, you just you just go and you say... I don't know. I don't know if you learned anything from that story. You're the only one who can say if you learned anything from that story. And it's kind of like, huh, I guess, I guess so it's not up to, so it's like you can't be sort of criticized if the story was good or not. Because it's just like, well, it's up to you to decide. I don't know. You're the only one who can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, but then he says, one. you know, when one clear idea emerges from that crucible, forged as hard as rolling steel, we mustn't give up, ever. So it's like, you know, keep theorizing, fans. Yeah, yeah. Wondering, you know, the truth is out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even though we'll never really tell you what it is. No, nope. but we'll write a books about it. And Malta's sister might come back three times, and it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, man. They're making a new season of X-Files. So I know. Good luck with that. It's Oh, man. The last one was so terrible that, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it deserved another. I, I, I'm not looking forward to the new one, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Apparently, X-Files, they don't need more than a year to get a new one going. <laughs> they don't need four years. They're not like, listen, listen, we'll be back for another season of X-Files, but it's going to take us four years to make, okay? Yeah. Can you imagine if they said that? Oh, man, that'd be crazy. It would be crazy. We need four years. Yeah. To basically negate the whole show. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, well, I'll just see if there are any more notes I had. Um, yeah, there's some more stuff about them disappearing in the Tulpa stuff. It's a little weird, but, um, all right, cool. Well, um, nice to get this little bit more from, you know, spend yeah. a little bit more time in the Twin Peaks headspace. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, nothing really telling. Nothing really has fixed any issues I had or problems I had with understanding the show. I think uh, I'm going to say that I think the biggest I think the biggest reveal was that the girl in New Mexico was Sarah Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other ones, I think most of the other ones were things that, you know, I mean, that was a big theory. So it's not like that was like completely out of nowhere, yeah. but it also, it was only, the only reason it was like, oh, that might be Sarah Palmer is like, well, it's a girl. And in the right time period. The time period and the fact that what she's doing in the present. Something went inside of her and and something's inside of Sarah. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was really it. Because there was no reason to think she was ever in New Mexico. And you can see in the writing, like... Yeah. She went to New Mexico. Just trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was there. Because, um, yeah, Mr. C being the billionaire, I mean, we had that one. You know, um, Major Briggs thing was a little more convoluted than we thought. But, you know, I think we understood the broad strokes of what happened there. Um, you know, the Judy stuff gets a bit elaborated, but not in a way that really says anything clear. And the very end of the show, Cooper's final mission and so on, I mean... You know, they end up making Judy worse by saying, you know, not only is it just like this old ancient entity or something, but it's actually some entities you've heard of before. You know, like this, it's related right. to some stuff you've heard of. You know, it kind of makes it more like, and, and, and it's, it, I understand the impulse to do that, to tie it into something we know, because it makes it feel more real or something. Yeah. But I think it, it makes it less special. Uh, right. if, if you say this is a unique thing to this world that we're describing here, it doesn't have a parallel, you know, you might call it Beelzebub, but you'd be wrong. Like that's a, you know, like right. instead of going, eh, you know, whatever you've heard about Beelzebub, that was Bob, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. just kind of, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that's the wrong way to go. You got to go in the more special route where it's like, literature has never recorded this before you yeah know, what we're describing here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. what david Lynch does quite often so um you know which is the difference maybe between him and mark cross uh, yeah and in gordon's monologue he's like you know he just says like in olden times it was he doesn't even specify um where or when yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it the way the show portrays it, it is more like it's a special thing. Yeah. That you know isn't necessarily a specific thing that we know mm-hmm. or are familiar with. It just exists in the Twin Peaks world. So yeah, I think I think you're right. They just have different perspectives on how to handle material like that. Mm-hmm. And you can see it playing out in the book. And yeah, and I think that's, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I guess there's what I want to believe about the story. And, you know, I mean, maybe with his thing at the end, he'd be fine with my saying this. But, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it, yeah, it comes down to like deciding what you <laughs> what you want to take as, you know, the truth about the story. 
mm-hmm. and uh, what you want to kind of dismiss. And it's very Lindelofian. Stuff like that, you know, I'm totally happy to dismiss, though, like, the the weight I put on it is, it, it's it's insightful about, about Mark Frost's perspective mm-hmm. on the story, and, you know, I do think there are things that happened that, you know, uh, maybe wouldn't have happened the same way if David Lynch wrote the whole thing alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's worth something to get that perspective, and I that's what I was really uh, interested in and kind of taking it as because I just it's just not on the same level as a show. It's it's never going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's the kind of thing you it, you know I would only bother with if you're really invested in Twin Peaks. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's not, you know, it's not, it's, there's nothing essential there. Um, One thing I thought would have been an interesting as a really easy thing they could have mentioned uh, is just like what happened with, with Freddie in the glove after his fight with uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did the glove come off? Is he stuck with it forever? Like yeah. the, 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 the glove's job is done and it right. is no longer super strong or what? Right. Yeah, there's one casual reference, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I thought that's the kind of thing they could have easily like had Tammy have access to, like what happened with that. Oh, I forgot there was there was some stuff about James, um, where they explained uh, like connecting the dots between James and uh, uh, the original show and and what happened uh, now. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, none of it was particularly, but I, I, I guess that was in one of those chapters I forgot. Maybe that was in Back in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, wild guess. Uh, but yeah, I remember there's there's stuff about James. Like, he skipped town after he was supposed to testify against Evelyn. And and then, like... He, <laughs> Classic James. Like, yeah, exactly. And then he, he, he wound up, like... I don't know, he wound up mixed it, mixed up in some kind of drug cartel or something and what a go-to crutch jeez everyone's in a drug cartel in this story <laughs> yeah you're right you're right there yeah that is a bit this is a bit excessive uh and i think that's actually when he has the uh motorcycle accident and then uh comes back to twin peaks like there's some big incident or something and um uh uh, you know, after that, he's he's cleared of all charges and uh, comes back to Twin Peaks, and I guess that's when he's quiet. <laughs> he's like, I'm just gonna be quiet for a while now. Let's see how that works out. Well, although when we saw him, I would say he wasn't really any more quiet than he was originally. I think he was normal, and I don't understand why they had that line. He seemed pretty much the same. Or something, and he was, like, pre-verbal or something. Yeah, um, it seems like he was just shy around her or something. Yeah. You know, more than he was just, like, you know, quiet overall. or Exactly. Uh, James has always been cool. <laughs> Legends never die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Shelley. Um, jeez, Shelley. Yeah, I, I, you know, fingers crossed for you know next season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's nice that it's you know not 
impossible. So yeah, it seems less impossible than this season was. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. So yeah. you know, it's not a guarantee that it'll happen, but mm-hmm. I think if the right you know if the right things are there, it's impossibility light. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's impossibility with fewer calories. Right. These aspartame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, they have they they changed the Splenda. Oh, is aspartame out now? Aspartame's out now. No one uses that anymore. Oh man, you kids don't know what you're missing. You're missing sweet. Aspartame was way better than Splenda. I don't care what anyone says. No, actually, it was horrible. <laughs> Such a the worst aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Splenda's weird. It's like it's like plastic sugar, but it doesn't have the same kind of like funk, funky lingering quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. A little tangent about artificial sweeteners. Generally, not a big fan. I think actually sugar is the best. I don't think anyone's disputing that. I think sugar is far preferable to both of them. I think everyone agrees with that. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page. What what is everyone arguing about? Why don't you just use sugar? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Like, is there anything vegetarian in this menu? Come on. What are you being picky about? Just get something with meat. Um. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. You know, we'll continue this uh, Twin Peaks series if there's uh, you know any more cool Twin Peaks stuff happening to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So maybe there'll be another final dossier. <laughs> the secret final dossier. <laughs> It'll be like Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, mm-hmm. part four. Part four of eleven or something. <laughs> All right. Thanks and namaste. Oh, well, you don't say that here. Oh, it still works. It still works. Sure, why not? Namaste and good luck. <laughs>